This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 41. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit. I'm excited to be here. I am talking very loud into the microphone. And I am here with my co-host, the man who's been here for 41 regular episodes, 51 including the one-shots, Adam Jelly Roll. <laughs> Tetris. I choose not to take that. <laughs> take that as an appraisal as my of my physical being. Jelly roll. I'm a jelly roll. I Tetris. got all the good stuff inside. There, in, ah, in, in, in the center. I Come got on. A, I got a sweet, see in the center. Yeah. There's good stuff. I got a sweet core. Aha! Come uh-huh. on, somebody. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna give you diabetes. <laughs> Wait a okay? minute. Okay, so not Hold not on. too much of me. I don't know. Not too much of me right now. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. I yeah. feel like I, I don't. Maybe it's because we were listening to one of the first episodes, the first episode we did, yeah. uh, episode number one, just mm-hmm. a couple of minutes ago. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I got this energy like it's brand new, maybe all it's over again. We were full disclosure, full fledged scream arguing in yeah. here before we hit, <laughs> hit record. Okay, here's what you need to know about our scream <laughs> arguing: screaming with our our body language and the way we look at each other and like the way you like let me just straighten my back as I make this point. Because I mean what I'm saying. Right yeah, now. yeah. So screaming not so much in terms of volume of voice but volume of everything else intensity. is turned up. Intensity. Exactly. It's like a Dragon Ball Z episode in here. Ah! <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't quite like that. But it was, still was intense. Yeah. But it's good, though. That's- uh, very good. Very good. And I appreciate that we have an opportunity to do that so we can channel that into this show right now. Yeah. And then I'm not going to stumble out the gate looking like a fool. <laughs> right. Like, actually, no, it's good to have a little practice off air. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how are you doing? How well, is your uh, time since we last met? Th- I've been well. Uh, you and I, we had a long day at Jefferson Yesterday, Jefferson mm-hmm. Hospital, getting mm-hmm. ready for the surgery. Shin Godzilla. 13 days until Shin Godzilla, okay? That's right. 13 days. Uh, that was cool. That was made better because I brought the Omega Men by Tom King with mm-hmm. me, about the Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. That's really cool. How was that? What did, what did you do, by the way? You spent a lot of time in the lobbies just like I did. Uh, How'd you kill time? Uh iPhone 7 Plus. <laughs> it started, you know. Well, the battery is probably good for that. I ran yeah. out of battery. Oh, yeah. I had to use one of their charging stations, which is a... I don't know if you saw one in any of the waiting rooms. Mm-hmm. No. It is cruel. 
It's a, it, it, the station is next to a wall. Mm-hmm. It's next to one that chair. That makes sense for a plug. Yeah. Right, of course. It's, it's higher than the chair. So where you're seated, you would have to be reaching your arms up. Mm-hmm. Or when you're standing, you would have to be crouching over a little bit, like hunched over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Looking like the obsessive freak that you are trying to plug in stuff. And it has every cable possible and one lightning cable. Okay. So it's just... A bunch of maniacs flocking around this one charge. That's station. how Comic Con's gonna be. I'm telling you right now. I should just get it's used gonna be to people. It. I remember when I was at Comic Con last year. It was just people gathered around an outlet. <laughs> like people just had their chargers, just plugged in, sitting, standing, crouching. Just you know what? I just had a good idea. I just had a good idea, and I need you to hold me to this. Okay, I am going to bring a power strip, and I'm going to share the wealth. With the people of Comic Con, wow! I'm gonna plug that John. I'm gonna say, hey, look, I'm not, I'm not cutting, out. I'm not cutting in line. Pew. Let me just plug this John in so we can all share it. Aha! You know that's wisdom. That would be very terrible if you know what. If we'll I, plug the power strip in. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't me. And do not listen to episode 41 of Comic Book Junto. <laughs> I definitely this was not oh, premeditated, man. not at all. Right? Yeah, but a little bit. How so, are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm really uh, excited to talk about some things on this episode. Before mm-hmm. we get into that, let me tell you where this podcast comes from. Mm-hmm. This podcast is brought to you by Bear Fruit, Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. So you can learn more about Bear Fruit by going to bearfruit.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, check out the merchandise, grab some stuff. And speaking of merchandise. Please. Speaking please of merchandise. Take me there. Comic Book Junto, we have merchandise. Yes, we do. Well, I'm talking about in the future. Yeah. Right now, as we're recording, it is Wednesday, Brown Bag Day, the 28th. Happy Brown Bag Day, Internet. Happy Brown Bag Day. Happy Brown Bag Day. But you are listening to this in the future, um, at least on the 29th. And by the time you hear this, you will probably be able to go to our Twitter account and notice we have a new icon up. I can't even... Deal with how good this looks, too. <laughs> I can't even deal with how good this looks. I, got, it's amazing. Yeah. And um, we also have a place for you to get that icon, that logo on mm-hmm. merchandise. Mm-hmm. So we, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, me too. It, it's like, you know, when you work on something and you have an idea in your head and you're like, it's, it's kind of like this. It's going to kind of be like this. And then it actually turns out like that. It turns mm-hmm. out exactly if we're not better, that mm-hmm. that's what this is. Yeah. This and is, it's, you know, I, I'm excited about having merch with our logo on it. I am not excited because all of my clothes are rendered obsolete now. Everything that, right? that does not have the comic book Junto like seal on it, I don't care about this. I don't care. Except for the one man thing, method man uh, t-shirt that I've got. Mm-hmm. The like woo thing. It's just going to be Wu Thing and CBJ. I'm going to look like Doug Funny. I have like two shirts. <laughs> I just wear well, two different shirts. The cool thing about this merchandise is, okay, first of all, so we're going to be... Put- Everything is the cool thing about this. <laughs> we decided to put this up uh, on TeePublic. Mm-hmm. And um, TeePublic is a really cool website because you can get, you can upload artwork. And for the first 72 hours, all of like the different pieces of merchandise, or at least the t-shirts are four or 14 bucks. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, you've got 72 hours as you're listening to this in the future, as of the 29th, you've got 72 hours to buy the shirt and get it for 
14 bucks. Afterwards, the price is going to go up and it's going to just stay up. Mm-hmm. So the website to go to to check out our merchandise is tpublic, T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C dot com forward slash user forward slash comic book junto. Yeah. So that's going to be in the show notes as well. You can click on that. And that's a way to support the show. You know, that'll help us continue to expand to some of the other cool things that we want to do. Um, but yeah, so we're going to be putting more stuff up on this store for Comic Book Junto on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I've got more ideas. So this is only the beginning. This is the beginning. Yeah. So let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what your thoughts of the logo are. Let us know what you thought in general. Um, I'm just excited just like anything else I've done, Barefoot, to finally get it out there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get one, I suggest getting one asap first. Mm-hmm. Um, that basically just a silly way of saying as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only can you get a T-shirt on Public, but you can get all other kinds of merchandise as well. Yeah. So you can get the logo, and you can get it put on a hoodie. You can get it put on a tank top. You can get it put on a crew neck sweatshirt, long sleeve sweatshirt, a mug, a laptop case, a notebook, and an iPhone case. Like you can get it put everything. on all kinds of stuff. All comic books into everything. Yeah. So I thought that was a cool way for people to be able to go. And you can also have it put on different colors. You want to put it on this color shirt, that color shirt. So. Yeah. I'm proud of it. Yeah. And you want to tell them about the other piece? What's the, which other piece? The, an, the animation, John. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So we, we have that logo, that beautiful, fresh, crisp, brand new logo. And we have an animation for it. And it is internet. I don't know how to explain this it to is you. Internet. I, I, I don't know how to explain this in words. Uh-huh. It's, you just needed to hear the sound that I made when Octavius first sent me the the, the animation. I told him straight up. I said I screamed. <laughs> I was in the middle of a public place. Uh, it's like, what is this text you sent me? It's just black. Oh my god, that's incredible. And it really is. And it just moves so nice and everything looks so right the way the logo unfolds. And we're going to be using that for our YouTube videos. Yes. So that way you don't have to be looking at just blank screen and you get to listen to older episodes of CBJ when we put them up on YouTube. Yeah. So we're going to be putting um, episodes of Comic Book Junto up on YouTube. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be youtube.com forward slash Comic Book Junto. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be expanding from just SoundCloud, just iTunes, just Google Play, and all those other things up into YouTube as well. And it just feels good to be able to, you know, put a mark to this. It's not like the album artwork is going to go away. The album artwork is still going to be there. Yeah. Um, but this is our official mark seal. I wanted to make something that was like a mark, a seal, a patch, a pin, something that represents I'm a part of the Junto. So, yeah. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. Um, and as we get ready to get into the episode, I think it's a good time to let people know what our social media is. So you can tweet along with us if you'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to tweet along with us, my Twitter at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S. The show's Twitter is at Comic Book Junto, J-U-N-T-O. And you can also use hashtag Comic Book Junto. Adam, what's your Twitter? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E. R-U-S. Yeah, so those of you guys that are um, 
listening. You can feel free to tweet along. Let us know your thoughts. Also, remember that as you're listening on SoundCloud, you can add comments in on SoundCloud specifically at certain parts so we can hear your exact feedback on exact pieces of the show. That's right. Um, And I really like that feature because that allows us to be able to see exactly what people are talking about. That's right. And I can remember. Maybe don't use so many acronyms because I struggle with those. SMH. Acronyms. SMH. Does that say acronyms? Yeah, I heard acronyms, but I like... I mean, it's fine. Mims, the, the sounds <laughs> registered for me, and I understood the word. So now, if we can just be like Dr. Seuss at this point. Well, I just wanted to make sure I was accurate. <laughs> yeah. I don't discriminate. You can say whatever you want. All right. You can say whatever you want. Okay. So, time to get in this news. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start at the top. Rest in power to actor Bill Nunn. Yeah. So, if you don't know who Bill Nunn is... Um, as far as geek culture is concerned, the closest connection to geek culture is he played in Spider-Man. Yeah, he was, uh, what, Robbie Robertson, I believe his name was. I'm not sure exactly what role he played, actually. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I can't remember his real name, but it's Robbie Robertson, and he gets into, he would get into a spat with J. Jonah Jameson throughout. Was he in all three of the Spider-Man Sam Raimi movies? I don't remember. I believe so. I think he was, he was working at the Daily Bugle, Robbie Robertson, uh, or maybe better known, Radio Raheem. Radio Raheem. That's how I know. Do the right thing. If you've seen Do the Right Thing, Adam. Yeah. Internet. If you haven't seen Do the Right Thing, you turn this episode off right this instant. <laughs> oh, wow. Not often are we going to advocate turn for you it turning off this right off. right now. Yeah. And go watch one of the greatest movies. Spike Lee joint. Oh. And hey, I just want to point this out. Pretty poignant. Still I don't want to on today i'm not i'm not going to spoil anything so we're not even going to put the wall up i'm not going to do the three two one countdown because you should watch the movie but what happens to radio rahim i think is very very poignant today yeah and i mean he's been in a whole bunch of spike lee joints he was in um also school days another great movie he was in uh new jack city New Jack, oh. constantly com- <laughs> calming Nino Brown down. So he's he's made his rounds, and I just wanted to read um, what Spike Lee said on Instagram. He says, "Dear friend, my dear Morehouse brother, the great actor Bill Nunn, as most of you know him as Radio Rahim, passed away this morning in his hometown of Pittsburgh. Long live Bill Nunn. Radio Rahim is now resting in power. Radio Rahim will always be fighting the powers that be. May God watch over Bill Nunn. So mm-hmm. rest in power to Bill Nunn." Um, we really appreciate what you brought to the culture. Um, and yeah, that's that. Uh, I'm happy that you brought up new Jack city because I wanted to bring this up. I've noticed that my man, Wesley Uh is going wild on Twitter lately. Is he? Wesley Snipes is all over Twitter. Lately. What is he doing? And I'm just logging Funny in. Funny thing is I was on Wesley Snipes Twitter the other day. Really? Just because he's in the, <laughs> some action action hero thing now. Like if you think you can be an action hero. That's probably this what thing. this is. It's, okay. it's probably, you know, whatever show that he's doing right mm-hmm. now, they're saying, hey, you should have more of a presence. I was logging into Twitter just so I can find a tweet that I like to exemplify Wesley Snipes activity on Twitter, uh-huh. and I found the perfect one. This was one hour ago. Okay? Okay. okay. So make, is... make America blade again. Blade? Blade. <laughs> God, that's coming from your boy, Wesley Snipes. What is he talking about? A.K.A. Daywalker. What is this? <laughs> A.K.A. I don't know. Daywalker. Yeah, uh, but he said, make America blade again, and then he used the emoji of the smiley face wearing sunglasses. Because, you know, blade right. sunglasses. Right, blade wears sunglasses at all yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm very into it. 
I'm very into it. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. But just happy all I know back. is that if Blade came back, I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to have Wesley Snipes back. Wesley, I know that you're listening to the show. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. I appreciate really it. appreciate that. Really appreciate that. New Jack City, I'll take a, a sequel or two. Oh, god! Uh, let's see if we can get that Blade well, TV I show I up and running again. No spoilers, but I don't think we're going to get a New Jack City, you know, nah. uh, sequel. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Next piece of news. Speaking of movies, um, what you know about Back to the Future? Uh, I love Back to the Future. Back to the Future is great. What we got the real legit hoverboard from Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a movie recently with uh, Doc Emmett Brown in it, and mm-hmm. I have not seen uh, that actor in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to looking like a clown wearing these shoes. So, speaking of shoes, the whole reason why we brought up Back to the Future is because you may <laughs> have seen the Air Mags mm-hmm. from Back to the Future 2, right? Yeah, that's where we have the hoverboard, and he's in. It was in two thousand. What 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 year is that? Two thousand fifteen. Two thousand sixteen. Yeah. It, was, it was set in two thousand fifteen. Set in two thousand fifteen. Yeah. So we we're supposed to have hoverboards by now and Air Mags. So we don't have real hoverboards because y'all tried. Don't ever. Don't even disrespect no. me wheelie with Jones. no hover hoverboard with some wheels on it. Wheelie that is Jones. called a wheelie John. Yeah. Okay. And hoverboards float. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think I saw a hoverboard on the internet, like a real one. Mm. But anyway, we're going to talk it's about not very that. elegant looking. The it is, real you know one. what I'm talking about. It's yeah. kind of like it looks like something that like goblin, green yeah. goblin, uh huh, over uh-huh. the water, or Nighthawks, little fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we do have one of the two. We have um, the power lacing shoes, which is called the Hyper Adapt 1.0. Whack. Yeah. See, here's the, I could not. Here's I could not. Don't. Mm-mm. I wouldn't be able to do this. Air Mags. Okay. These. Not so much. Because now the thing about it is the technology of the power lacing shoe is in a different shoe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think it's just the power lacings, power laces that we wanted. We wanted the Air Mags. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like those shoes look dope. Even though I couldn't really see me wearing them, mm-hmm. but I'd find a way though. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to pull this off. So for me, it's just not... It's just not going to happen. It's kind of dope when you watch the video and they show you how it works, but I, I'm i not leaving the house with this on. I, I wouldn't be able to pull this off. I don't think I can pull it off. Uh-uh. Um, well, I, I physically won't be able to pull it off of my feet because I have... Yo, like, oh, if, no! What if they, like... <laughs> it's tightened. Like, contract. How do you... And they don't uh-huh. uncontract? You want to cut them off? No. <laughs> yeah, you got to... I just the got these sneakers. brand new Yeezy Season 3 Hyper Adapt 1.0. What up? Oh, no. Cut off circulation. Oh, mm. no. You got to take my legs. Oh, was it worth it? Yes, definitely. Yeezy taught me. Yeah. So, uh, look, happy for the technology. Nike, keep innovating the sneaker. Yeah. But it's just... Tinker I can't... Hatfield made some great sneakers. Yeah. But, uh, this one, I don't know if he had anything to do with it. What was the last one we had? Like, Steph Curry had Batman Jones? Don't... Uh, no. We can't... We're not going... Like, I know they're trying to make these Currys <laughs> be the one. And Curry is dope. Like, Curry as a player... But not because of his shoes. But he... he tr- you know. they they. But you know what's crazy to see? How Under Armour has done such a great job and gone leaps and bounds. There's an Under Armour store right yeah. downtown on 16th Street. Yeah. I never thought I'd see today. No. It's a huge store. Yeah, it is. Under it is. Armour has made a lot of moves. Mm-hmm. So, um, shout out to them, but 
We're not going to do these parallels. I bring up the Curries because I bring up Batman. Mm-hmm. We didn't have an opportunity to commemorate it on the day, mm-hmm. but I want to talk about some news that we saw on Batman Day, mm-hmm. which was some time ago. I'm just trying to figure out how the Curries are connected to Batman. The bat he had he had Batman flavored ah, shoes. Batman flavored. Yeah. They Batman tasted flavor. like Batman. And they tasted like <laughs> the night. Yeah. yeah, they tasted like vengeance. <laughs> they tasted like vengeance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. These taste like these justice. On, Master Bruce. <laughs> yeah, they taste like justice. Uh, oh, they, we, if they, if look. If you're not using that as a motto right now, the, the shoes taste like justice. You can use it for free. I don't know about free. Don't be, Adam, you can't be uh, stuff royalties. Like you can use it for royalties. Yeah, you can yeah. use it for pay. Uh, I'm bringing up uh, a set photo we got for the new Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And we finally have a look, a very, very, very grainy, vague look at the future of Adam Tedderus. At, yeah, at me in the future. Back to the Future, aka Commissioner Gordon, aka Future, aka Young Gordon, <laughs> aka Young Gordon. Um, let me just write that. Write that one down on the AKAs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can do also do Back to the Back to Future. I'll just be Back to Future. Ah, uh, work on it. Really work. work I'm, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to put that together. Sure, yeah, but think, yeah, think, spend some time on it. We got a picture of J.K. Simmons as the commish. Um, not a lot to look at. He's standing next to the bat signal. Bat signal. Gray, black, and white. The hat threw me off a little bit. It's kind of a bowler, bowler hat. But I mean, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, gotta see him move. You know what I mean? Hey, it could have gone worse. We could have gotten this from Zack Snyder and he looks identical to Night Owl. Right. Be like, hey, here's J.K. Simmons. How did you you manage to make J.K. Simmons look like Night Owl? You're gonna find a way (laughs) to connect this to Night Owl some kind of way, ain't you? Yeah. Okay. So right. I'm I'm fine with it, only in that I can't really make out any details. Mm-hmm. There's not much to look at. But it's exciting that we get to see a, a set photo of J.K. Simmons. Yes. That's about it. Also, we got we talked about having New York Comic Con coming up um, in a couple weeks, actually. Couple no, days. not even a couple of weeks. Couple yeah, it's days. next week. October 7th. How are we going to get you in on Saturday? Dog, I don't know. I don't know. Be- before Shin Godzilla comes out, I'm, I'm going to need some time. Some Lalo time. Uh-huh. So we'll see. I'll be up on there Friday, October uh-huh. 7th. You got your pass, right? I got my pass. Yeah. I registered the pass. I did all that stuff. I'm very excited. I need to register my pass. You got to register your pass. Mm-hmm. See, here I am, the responsible one, logging Man, in all the time. It's too late register. now. It's too late to be responsible now. It's not. It's not. I can I can fix this. <laughs> I I can fi- we can rebuild this. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking that's of, next week, and I think we ought to do a little something. It, wait, hold on. Next week. It's next Thursday. Luke Friday, Cage. Saturday? Luke Cage comes out. Hold this on. We do too much. We jumping around too much. I'm just here's I, what Luke my Cage calendar needs looks his like. His own area. Here's what my calendar. Show. My calendar looks like this. Today's CBJ because it's Wednesday. Happy Brown Bag Day. Happy Brown Bag Day. This week is Luke Cage. Next week. Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Following week, Shin Godzilla. Yes, and this is how I measure time. <laughs> this is how I measure time. I'm like, hey, when do you want to meet up? Half past Shin Godzilla. What does that mean? What does that mean? Google it. You know, you know you, what that means. You know what it means. <laughs> All right. So John Wick, um, yes, number two. Yes, we're going to be getting some information, probably some visuals at Comic Con. Finally. Um, how do you feel about that? John Wick 1 was a sleeper. I Yo, loved it. Yo, it was so good on the low. Uh-huh. I remember going to the movies. I was like, ah, Keanu Reeves. Nothing else out. Some action movie. I was like, oh my gosh, this uh-huh. is fantastic. It's unbelievable. It was one of the better action movies that I've seen in a while. And the plot was 
so simple slash silly mm-hmm. yet just enough. Mm-hmm. It t- had comedy, but it took itself just serious and not too serious. Yeah, but just serious enough, yeah. just enough comedy. And Keanu gave that serious tone at all times that offset some of the ridiculousness. It was very, very well done. He, seems, like very, he seems very self-aware. Like if, if yeah. Keanu is going to be in this movie, he knows what kind of actor he is and how people feel about him. John Wick was a perfect realization of that thing. Yeah. I can't wait for the second one. I, I could go into this with no plot details. I don't want to know anything. I just want to have that experience of going to John Wick one with no information and seeing this movie. And this just is being, what I'm talking about. This is why the black I understand. I understand. Exists. I feel like what I'm hinting toward here is I'm knocking on the, on the congregation's door. I'm saying, are you, are you taking disciples? <laughs> Can I learn? Teach me. Right. Do you got to send me to Kun Lun and so I can learn these powers or what? Step one, stop watching so many trailers. Yeah. Okay. That's the beginning. Uh, is that it? Yes. Well, except for this one. Speaking of trailers, yeah. still more trailers. Um, <laughs> have you seen the trailer for Fences? Uh, yes. Uh, you sent me a text message with the trailer for Fences yesterday. Yo. And that was, uh, I had chills watching that. It chills based on a play. Mm-hmm. Um, the James Earl Jones played Denzel's character back in the day. That's right. Which I've never seen the play performed, but I'm I'm sure for the inter- internet. For those of you that don't know, James Earl Jones is the voice actor of Darth Vader. Oh, spoilers! Three, two, one. Sorry, it's your voice fault. actor. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, you that's think, a spoiler. You think Luke knew that? He had to learn that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's like wait. If James Earl Jones is my father, <laughs> yeah, aren't so, you? Wait a minute, am I black? <laughs> How's this working? I'm confused. Yeah, can you imagine how weird it was when you know Darth Vader took his mask off and his James Earl Jones underneath? Well, I'm sure he, he would have known. <laughs> he was like, he wait a minute, when Luke first Something met up, right? When Luke first met up with Darth Vader, and then you know they they meet up, they have their interaction with one another, and the, and they're departing, uh-huh. and Vader turns to Luke and he says, "Hey, stay black," and and Luke was like, <laughs> "What? How does that? I don't understand how that pertains to me." And then he finds, you know, he puts so it all together. Luke been perming his hair this whole time? (laughs) Straightening his hair with a hot comb? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, man. Jeez. Just saying. It's an onion, Star Wars. That's why it's such a popular franchise. Oh, boy. This is funny. What do we got next? Uh, Let's talk about Doctor Strange. Um, I was was saying, I'm trying to go into the the Blackout Congregation. Oh, wait. Did we even talk about this? We just jumped right past this trailer. What, Fences? Cracking jokes. Well, okay. Here's what we have to say about Fences. Watch the trailer. And watch it maybe by yourself so you can have some cry time. Because the scenes that they show you, Denzel and Viola Davis, I, like, they I, need, some acting, I need They got space. some acting. Look, I'm going to tell you. Space. They got some acting Negroes in this movie. <sighs> it, looks, it looks incredible. I'm very excited about this movie. I'm very excited about I this mean, movie. I mean, I was like, I need to see this today. Yeah. This comes out like early October or something. Is it is it that soon? Man, I don't know. Uh, it would be nice if it if it comes out that quickly because uh, I th- I think it's going to be great. Uh, Christmas Day, Christmas. Oh, I Day. was wrong. So well, I, we'll be healed up, Lord willing. Uh huh. Um, but what I was moving on to is Doctor Strange. I'm saying I'm rolling into the Blackout Congregation. I'm saying teach me, teach me your ways, and that's just like the trailer for Doctor Strange when he's uh, when he's trying to learn the ways of of being 
I guess the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm -hmm. And he's all beat up and riled up and he's desperate. Teach me. And we, uh, we know now that there will be a preview, 15 minutes, of Doctor Strange in IMAX theaters, select IMAX theaters. And I think it's in IMAX in 3D. Uh, yeah, so October we gotta, 10th. We, yeah, we got to track that down. The day before Shin Godzilla. Did you get tickets? I have not. I sent you the tickets. What? Adam, did I sent you the link to the tickets. Was that next to the Comic-Con link? <laughs> I didn't see. Are you serious? You didn't get tickets? I did not get tickets. Hey, did you check your phone? I'm going to check. I text messaged you. Internet. I'm on my phone right now. This is unprofessional. I can't believe this I would be real. doing something along these lines during our show. This I'm is just real scrolling life. up. I'm seeing a lot of really impressive logo action. Uh huh. But do you see anything from... I see the link to Fences. Let me just watch this trailer real quick. That's not what we need to be focused on right now. Okay. I see... Oh, yep. Yep. I see I have a uh, printable pass. Yes. Printable pass. 15 minutes of Doctor Strange and King of Prussia. Beautiful. <laughs> Please Beautiful sign up scenic. for it. So, you know. I'm printing my pass. All right. All right. We're good here. Glad we did. Glad we were able to do that on air so that everybody can see. This is the reality of our relationship. Let me just part the kimono. <laughs> this is how things First function. Of all, another thing is part the kimono sounds like a, like almost inappropriate. Oh, horribly inappropriate. <laughs> so, it's terrible. It's like, I don't know if you're supposed to be part of the kimono. It's terrible. Okay. Cherry Hill? No. King KOP? Yes. There we go. All right, we got to figure it out. Okay. All right, so now that we've done that for all the world to see, you too can get your Google on yeah. and find some tickets to see the first 15 minutes of Doctor Strange. So my buddy, Chuck, listener, friend of the show, mm -hmm. he said, doesn't this go against the Blackout Congregation? Ooh. And I said, huh. I mean, it is 15 minutes of the movie. Huh. And you don't get the rest of the movie for a while. So I don't even... I said, hmm. Hey. We got some moral ambiguity I right have now. To think about that <laughs> because technically it's the movie. Yeah. But it's not the whole movie. Yeah. So I guess it's all about what kind of experience you want to have. You know what? I just decided I'm mm. not going. You had me do this whole I just <laughs> I just decided. And you know want to know why? Okay. Because all this is is a long trailer. It is a it's a 15 minute long trailer. I don't trailer. want it. Nope. Now you can go have a long. You want to send me that like. link again? <laughs> nah, send it to someone else who doesn't oh not a part of the congregation. Let me tell you who did get that link and signed up for those fifteen minutes. Tilda Swinton. Yeah, because she's probably in it. Til I'm sure she's in it. I have a very strong feeling she is in it. We have a story up in here. Tell me why you you added this. This is uh, about Til Tilda Swinton explaining the way she approached her role right. as the ancient one. Yeah, which as we've discussed is. Kind of controversial for a number of us. Mm -hmm. Well, we we spoke a little bit about this in past episodes. <coughs> Excuse me, Internet. About Tilda Swinton um, and the whole idea that the Ancient One is originally... Tibetan. Uh, an old Tibet, <coughs> an older Tibetan man. Yeah. And when we see Tilda Swinton, we like, whoa, white woman, whitewashing, what's happening here? And part of... You know, Marvel's response was, well, it's more of a mantle and it can be different and so and so and so. And I think a lot of us weren't really buying it, mm -hmm. you know, and this is a scenario where I thought I thought we were done with this. But it seems like Tilda has more to say on the topic. So mm -hmm. here's the quote of what she said to comicbook.com about her approach to playing the ancient one. Quote. I would say the whole approach is about a kind of fluidity. Mm -hmm. 
There are many graphic artists who have interpreted the ancient one as a Tibetan Buddhist Lama. Many. Many is a euphemism for all of them. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> We're kind of shifting that a bit. We're trying not to be fixed. We're trying not to be fixed on any one thing, any one gender, any one disciplines, any one disciplines, anyway, spiritual discipline and any one race even. Mm -hmm. One of the wonderful things that I've always loved as an art student, what I always loved about comics is that they are interpreted differently by different graphic artists all the time. And so now Dr. Strange is doing that thanks to Marvel Studios. Your thoughts? You know, I just had an, an odd thought. And, and I'm just going to say this one, even though it, admittedly, I think there might be some problems to it. But I wonder if there's someone somewhere in Marvel Studios who's like, well, we took white Nick Fury and we made him black in the movies. So why don't we well, take... black in the comics. But they had to create... The, the Sam Jackson character... Uh, in the comics was mm -hmm. based on Sam Jackson. So they had changed Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe first to a black character. And then they did it in the movies. And then it, it, it's very complicated. Okay. It's bizarre. But they took Nick Fury, who was white. And then in the Ultimate Universe, they're like, let's make him black. Mm -hmm. And then in the MCU, he's black. <laughs> he's Sam Jackson. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder, somebody over at Marvel Studios who's like, well, we shifted one white character to a black character. So that means... I can turn a Tibetan into a white character now. Then we're good. I'm like, is that is that the kind of logic that's taking place? I would because hope not, that's Tilda not Swinton is saying what I like about graphic novels, about comics, is you can interpret whatever you want. That's fine. But the problem that we have, this is dancing around this the mm -hmm. the controversy. The mm -hmm. problem that we have is that was a Tibetan character, which could have been played by a Tibetan person. And hey, how many Tibetan people do you see in the film? That is the point. Not that many. Oh, I guess I guess we just have a white person now. And it's it, it's it bugs me that we're even playing with this still. Like, can we stop? Like, let me see the movie and stop talking. I'm going to make peace with myself, but as long as you're going to dance around this subject, it's just going to piss me off. Yeah, when I read this, I was like, Tilda, you know that's not what this is. Just stop. Yeah. Like, I don't think that you're helping by saying this. No. You know what I, I don't mean? Think so. Like, nobody was thinking about this anymore, and if we were, we just accepted, okay, this is what it is, this is what it's hitting for. But to have you come out and say this now, it's, it's like... We just woke well, it up again. Yeah. Like... I'm excited and that's what you can do and da 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 da. It really comes across like a lack of sensitivity because you're not even acknowledging the point that we are making. That's not the point. The point we are making is look, we don't see very many Asian characters being played. Mm -hmm. So there's not very many Asian characters. At all. Mm -hmm. So, one of the few Asian characters that there are, you give to a white person. Done got replaced. That's the point. Yeah. So, now you start trying to spin it into some pro-diversity thing. It's like, it's hard to assume positive intent. Yes. You know? Now, yeah. I do acknowledge that there is, is a lemon, uh, <laughs> there is an element where we could assume a positive <laughs> I'm getting worked up here. There is an element where we could assume positive intent. Yes. However, this happens so much. I just saw a trailer for 
not Eon Flux. What's the other? Yeah, drug? Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. That's right. And I was just like, here we go. You know what I mean? So like, it's hard to to go to the assume positive intent angle mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially when the when the the offer that's being made is, I love comics as a medium because because they how allow di- how much diversity. Diversity. Allows. Like, and it's like, come girl, on, son, girl, like, we. Yeah. We, you ain't we're not dumb yeah now i also am leaving room open to see what they do with the character uh-huh, uh-huh. to let let's see maybe there's a twist you know maybe it we thought it was tilda and you know the whole time it's really someone who's been under our nose the whole time sure something like that yeah you know what I mean? i'm willing to be surprised and it's it's funny i i have made my peace with this controversy and i'm ready to see the film and judge it on the merit of the film but right now this this defense this contribution that we're Tilda trying Swinton not has made, to be fixed on any one thing any it just doesn't gender, satisfy me in any new way spiritual discipline or even any one race it just seems real convenient yeah like, it. I again. I, I'm. I'm. Go, I'm going to see the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it seems real convenient that you're not. T- like, okay. I don't know. I just don't. I don't want to hear it. And I'd rather you just don't say anything. About well, it's this. funny because I. I see this story show up in our news, and we're getting ready to run down the news, and immediately I see this, and I'm just like Tilda. I haven't even read the story yet. Stop. Stop. Get out of here. We're done. Yeah. But that, that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. So at this point, I want to strap in. I want to see the flick, and I want to make a judgment of my own mm-hmm. after seeing it. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, I don't want anybody to talk to me about it, about their decision to make this happen. Enough with this. Enough with this. And I don't want fifteen extra, fifteen early minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna go see Batman and Robin, the Cape Crusaders thing instead. Unless that fifteen minutes. Is someone making an impassioned plea for having more Asians in movies? If that's the 15 minutes you're going to show me, Doctor Strange is just like, with my with the eye of Agamotto, I'm going to create more acting roles and responsibilities for Asians. Uh, unless that's happening in 15 minutes, then I'm, I'm probably not going to go. Yeah, that's my point. I don't think that's going to happen. Could happen. Could happen. I, Agamotto. Uh, let's talk about a rumor for a second. Mm-hmm. Disney, the company... Walt Disney is Walt apparently Disney's back. rumored. Well, Walt Disney is Kanye. So oh, okay. you have you, that. Who, who going to be the Mendici family? Kanye. Okay. So Disney is rumored to, uh, to potentially put in a bid to buy Twitter, which is interesting because I don't know what that would mean on the other side of things. Yeah. I don't know what that, what that, you know, what's interesting about all of this is that we look at, it's hard not to look at now and see all the innovation of now and go, wow, mm-hmm. Twitter's going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. But it's a good chance that it might not be. Yeah. And it's hard to wrap your head around that. You know what I mean? It's hard to wrap your head around the fact that five, ten years from now, there's going to be something else. And the world might not run. Because, you know, we couldn't have looked in five years into the future to today and know that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram stories and, you know, Periscope and live streaming and Facebook live. We didn't know any of this stuff was going to exist. Yeah. So when you hear something like Disney is going to buy Twitter, I just don't even have any predict. I can't even like 
look into the future at what that even means. Well, what's interesting about this, and this is what I hear often, I listen to a podcast called Planet Money, Mm -hmm. and they'll have a conversation like this one from time to time, is that Twitter doesn't create a profit. They don't draw a profit. There are few opportunities or at least few opportunities that have been executed in which Twitter makes money. Mm -hmm. It's a free service, right? And the best you can do with it is use it as an advertising platform. Mm -hmm. A la Wesley Snipes going ham on Twitter because he's got a TV show right now. And maybe interacting with Wesley Snipes is going to drag people over to the TV show. And that's the cycle. But that's indirect. Directly speaking, Twitter doesn't make people money except for as an ad- advertising platform. So it's interesting to wonder, well, what would Disney do with it? Does that just mean I would see an advertisement for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. every other tweet? Probably. Or does that mean everybody's... I'm seeing, I'm seeing advertisement <laughs> for all types of stuff. If I see... And I'm going to tell you another thing, YouTube. Uh, if you put one more Donald Trump trailer uh, on a YouTube video, no. I get upset every time. You know how like on certain joints where you can go, this offends me? What is that on Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to see this anymore. This yeah. post is offensive. I want to do that on YouTube, but it's not an option. I wanted to do that for the debate. I wanted to say... Who do I report this debate to? This offends me. The fact that we're even here right now, the fact that anybody is even pretending like this racist liar is allowed to run for the president. How we how how do we get here? I'm so embarrassed. This offends me. Do I need to register a complaint with the network? Who do I talk to? I've built I've built businesses. I build lots of businesses, and I and, and she and I have money and 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 you know taxes. I'm not going to say, I mean, against my lawyers, uh, you know, in money. So, so, uh, uh, and, and I, so she said some not nice things and I could have had money, but money and, uh, you know, uh, uh, money and I've got, and she can't do it and I can do it. 80% of this impersonation internet is the way that Octavius was using his hands. And <laughs> yeah, you missed that part. Video version coming soon. And 10% was the toupee that he had on. Right. And then the other 10% was the voice that you yeah. did hear. Terrible. So terrible you, you got Trump. a fraction of that impersonation. Terrible Donald Trump. It was powerful in person. It was powerful in person. Uh, keeping on Disney, uh, we have some news coming from Disney. Mm. Uh, apparently, we're getting the Lion King live action movie. I don't even know what the, uh, I, this. You know how I just said about looking into the future yeah. and not being able to like fathom? It's kind of like, what? It's funny how these two things are side by side in our lineup. It's like, yo, Disney here, two big news items. We just want to keep CBJ informed. Octavius Adam, thank you for coming to the Disney press conference. Thank we got two stars in your positive comment. Yeah, appreciate you. We got two items we want to discuss. Number one, thinking about buying Twitter. Okay, mull that over, chew on it, think about it. Number two, Lion King. <laughs> Lion King IRL. And don't you worry about it because we're going to get the whole voice acting cast from Jungle Book. So you know Idris Elba is going to be up in here. <laughs> Who's going to be Mufasa? Don't know. Don't Who's going to be the Mendici family? I, yeah, I don't know. Simba, Simba Sparks. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. I do know that John Favreau is apparently confirmed to, I think, direct this. And he directed Jungle Book. It seemed like Jungle Book was such a powerhouse. Uh, the the, re- the recent live action it. movie. I didn't, I didn't see, see it, it either, but it it got it pulled in decent reviews, and it must have pulled in money. So uh, live action treatment is coming to Lion King. I mean, I'd like to see a trailer. I don't know. It's just I can't imagine Lion King not animated. Same. 
It's just, but I also haven't seen it on Broadway either, and I hear it's amazing. Same, same. I hear it's incredible. I hear it's out of this world. But this is a very different thing. It's it's abstract. Well, that's the closest thing I can I can I can put. You know, like taking the animation and bringing it to something live. That's the closest thing I can imagine. Well, check this out. Disney has done this treatment for a lot of their classics. Cinderella. Alice in Wonderland. Oh, like the whole thing about Mulan and not, you know, what oh, gosh, Mulan. I, oh, I hope. Yeah, so uh, like Mulan is is coming, apparently. Um, Beauty and the Beast is coming, live action. So it seems like they're... they're Instead of doing this is the a, direction they're going in. instead of doing a reboot, as we see a lot of franchises get rebooted, Ghostbusters gets rebooted, Spider Man gets rebooted. Instead of doing a full reboot, they take the cartoon and just make it live action and print money. So I suppose, yeah, if they can do it for Jungle Book, then why not Lion King? And if Jungle Book was good, then why not Lion King? I'm open. Let's, sure. Let's, let's see what happens. Sure. All right. So let's go to She Hulk. Excuse me, Hulk. Yeah. Oh, big news. So I am someone who loves, loves, loves Jennifer Walters. She-Hulk is a favorite character of mine. And one of my favorite recent comics that was sadly canceled way too soon. Tell him, Adam. Was the She-Hulk run by Charles Sewell Uh and and, uh, Javier Pulido. Come on now. Great, great, great series. A lot of fun. Tell him about it. I, I, that's it. Okay. All right. I thought it was <laughs> so. Again, it gets canceled early. It was a great comic. So grab those trades if you can. And apparently, She Hulk is coming back in her own title, and she's dropping the prefix she, because as we know, three, two, one, it's your fault. Bruce Banner is dead. So there is room for just one Hulk. And we have Amadeus Cho, who is totally awesome Hulk. Totally awesome. Totally awesome. And She-Hulk is... Which is a cool name, by the way. I think totally and awesome a cool Hulk distinction. Is great. Yeah, everything you need to know about that character is right there in And when the you name. read the book, you're like, okay, I get it. I understand. Yeah, he's just having fun with it. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this news. Uh, it's uh, The book is coming to us from Mariko Tamaki. She is uh, the winner of an Ignatz Award, which is a really big deal. She wrote a, a, a very, very popular graphic novel called This One Summer. And she is going to be writing a series about She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, who's now Hulk, who's dropping the prefix. And apparently that's going to be a part of the narrative. And she's upset, man. Like her cuz, the reason that she's alive because she got a blood transfusion, which was gamma radiated and turned into the Hulk. Is that what's going to happen to me? <sighs> Provided I don't get involved in any gamma radiation. Uh, let's, let's try to avoid that. Or do we want that? Maybe we want that. Hmm. Maybe I'm trying to get bit by a radioactive spider. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I was at Jefferson for a long day yesterday. I saw some of those soiled linen bins and I was like, let me just mess around in here. Who knows what kind of cool powers I can get. That doesn't, I don't think that's the kind of powers you want to get. No, but hear me out. I got this rash now and I feel like. That's not the move though. I feel like any minute Terrigen mists are going to (laughs) just sweep me up. I don't think that's the one. That's not what we want. All right, you'll see. All right, we shall see. I've got my buddy Ulysses looking out for me. (laughs) <laughs> he showed me a real nasty fate. He's a pretty negative guy. Yeah. He's... Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited that She-Hulk is coming back. It's funny because I, I like the name She-Hulk, even though I know it is not necessarily appropriate. Because Tell why, me about that. I mean, why, why does it have to be She? The convention that we used to use was pretty lazy, you know? Like, everything had to be 
she or uh, like superwoman. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that makes more. I don't know the the idea that we identify the character. That, are you saying that she Hulk is a lazy name, or are you saying that we should not have to identify the gender? In the statement. Yeah, I, the latter. I think it's restrictive, you know? Like, well, it, you don't need to be constrained by just that. Well, I think it's it could be identifying. Yeah, agreed, agreed. It is identifying. Mm-hmm. And I've built up to like it. And, and mm-hmm. you know, She-Hulk sometimes is is called as a nickname, Shulk or Shulky. And mm-hmm. I just like, I, I've grown with that name. I'm pleased to see the change. Like she's been in this cocoon for a long time that has to be associated with her gender. And to leave that seems like it makes sense. I'm cool with that. But it's funny because then it'll just be Hulk. I had the same problem with Thor. When Thor was no longer Thor, the Thor as we knew him became Odin's son uh-huh. because he was no longer worthy. Uh-huh. And now we have a female Thor. And Jason Aaron was like, hold up. It's not she Thor, though. Or not Thorita. Yeah, it's not Thorita. <laughs> it's not Thorsuela. It's not how it is. Uh, and I, I was like, okay. But for a little while, it took me some time to get used to it. It still mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, if we can have 15 Spider-Mans, yeah. uh, then why not? You Who know? Spider-Mans is this? Who's, who Spider-Mans is this? Spider-Man. Who Spider-Man is this? That's a good one. I'm writing that down. Yeah. All right. Last one. Talk us through this one. Okay. Uh, News from Greg Rucka. Wonder Woman number seven, I think, came out today. So this is uh, appropriate news for the day for new comics coming out. Um, Greg Rucka is one of the the, the creatives behind the current run on Wonder Woman. He is working with an artist named uh, Nicola Scott. And uh, Greg Rucka had a few things to say about Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman's sexuality. Mm -hmm. I think it has been... Something that is spoken of, people have asked questions about, because Wonder Woman is an Amazon, and she grew up in a society of only women, there have been fans and readers and people who have wanted to know, is Wonder Woman gay? She's straight? Is she bi? People ask questions about details mm-hmm. that aren't listed or provided inside of the stories. And mm-hmm. Greg Rucka says in an interview, uh, the people of Themyscira don't define their sexuality with the heteronormative terms of a man's world. Smaller words, please. Smaller words. What that means... No, no, smaller smaller words. words. I'm sorry. Smaller words meaning uh, Amazons, Mm -hmm. who are only in a society of all women, Mm -hmm. don't use the same words and vocabulary that we use to talk about sexuality. Okay. Because for them, there are no men in their world, so they wouldn't even know... They wouldn't have words to even describe what it's like to be attracted to one. Okay. So what he goes on to say is, now, are we saying Diana has been in love and had relationships with other women? As artist Nicola Scott and I approach it, the answer is obviously yes. So he seems to be confirming from his storytelling point of view that Wonder Woman is queer. Whether she's... Now I mean, I suppose do- she would be bisexual in this sense because we know that she has romance with Steve. Uh, but it, it seems that he's indicating that she is queer. And for me, when I heard this news, I thought, yo, Greg Rucka, I like the confirmation. I like that we're not pussyfooting around the conversation. And I like that you just said that. It helps okay. normalize a group of people. And I feel like that that, that felt like a victory. Mm-hmm. That felt like a victory. And you and I had a conversation about this news and... 
in 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 celebrating the positive aspect of progressiveness being brought to a classic char- character, seventy five years of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. There's a part of this that is not satisfying, and that part is for you. Well, first thing that jumps out to me is clarification of terms. Yes. And that is big for me because I can't have an opinion about something I don't understand. So there are a lot of terms that are thrown around. And I think the joke is, hey, bro, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, saying? yeah. I know the like, phrase. I know the like, phrase. Uh, so-and-so, so that means it's like, well, hold, slow down. What what does heteronormative mean? Mm-hmm. What is cisgender? Mm-hmm. What is transgender? What is LGBTQ? Like all of these words, like, honestly, I think there's a real point where we have to, to walk in a level of transparent humility and go, I don't know what that word means. I'm going to Google it. So to honor that, just something to bring up now, uh, the the definition of gender queer. So when Greg Rucka was, w- would say that Wonder Woman is queer, and he didn't actually say those literal words. But, but he, he didn't say that? Not, he didn't say Wonder Woman is queer. What did he say? He says, da, 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 let me just pull up this quote right now. Uh-huh. Okay. He says, when you start to think about giving the concept of Themyscira its due, the answer is, how can they not all be in same-sex relationships, right? It makes no logical sense otherwise. Okay, hold and on. And Amazon let's, let's... doesn't look at another Amazon and say, you're gay. They don't. The concept doesn't exist. Now, are we saying Diana has been in love and had relationships with other women? As Nicola Scott and I approach it, the answer is obviously yes. Okay, so a lot was just said just then. Many words. A lot of things were said. Mm-hmm. So let's start with... So he never, he never said she's queer. Never said she's queer, never said she's bisexual. He says, as logic follows for my story, she has been in love with a woman. Okay. Effectively that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And I imagine, like, my friends who are bisexual, my my partner, my girlfriend, she is bisexual. I imagine Timory hearing news like that and being like, yo, Wonder Woman, what's up? That's my squad. So I, so that fit, that actually makes, it brings me some warmth. I feel so, good. So the first thing is, let's talk about what this is saying. Yeah. What they're saying is there is diversity in, in rep- there's, there's, there's things that are being represented here. Mm-hmm. There are community groups that are being represented through Wonder Woman that are not part of the normal cisgender culture. Yeah, you're right. Right? Yeah. So that's step one. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is powerful for people because we talk about everybody being white, straight, Christian, cisgender, male. Yes. You know what I'm saying? As like, if we're all the, from the same Everybody's thing. the same. And I think to be able to start to see some variety in that, that's important. Yeah. That's valuable and that serves people. And I think that it's important conversation to have. And I think it's important for people to see that everybody's not white. Everybody's not cisgender, straight. Everybody's not Christian. Everybody's not male. Everybody's not blonde hair, blue eyes, tall. Like, it's not the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's all this variety out there. And we need to tell stories from different perspectives. Yeah. And we need representation to really go out there and say there there are people who are like you out here. Yeah. And there's variety within all of that. Right. That's something to celebrate. That's right. So I'm with you in that part. And that's part of what we talked about before. Yeah. Which was like when we were having this discussion, full transparency, you were like, I'm celebrating. You're critiquing. Yeah. 
and we're having a problem here. That's right. <laughs> you know That's what right. I'm saying? Because I'm celebrating, and you're not celebrating with me. So what I found is interesting, and what we finally circled around to after you and I had, you know, passionate conversation. This is what I mean when I say this, yeah. and trying to go backwards and break it down so we can follow each word for word. Uh, is you you have a problem with the word obviously in the statement. Is she, has she been in love with a woman? Obviously. Uh -uh. And you have a problem with that. And for the longest time I couldn't figure out, I'm like, why would that bother you? Yeah. And then we came around to it. Yeah. Cause nothing's obvious. Yeah. The whole nature of what the whole thing. Okay. Let me give you transparency on my end, please. I am a black Christian man. Wait, what? Yes. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. Well, this changes everything. It's true. So, I come from a particular background, so I lack a lot of knowledge about the LGBTQ community because that's not a community that I come from. Sure. So I hear a lot of terminology. I hear a lot of things, and I also heard things from my cultural background and go, this is right, that's wrong. This is right, that's wrong. Yeah. But I hadn't done a whole lot of research for myself mm -hmm. to kind of go, well, what do these words mean? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, what LGBTQ, what does each one of those represent? Yeah. Do I understand them? Do I have the proper definitions or do I have how I feel about it? That's right. You know, so the things that stood out to me that I was like, okay, LGBTQ, the ones that I didn't get or didn't have a grasp of like, like, okay, I understand what these words mean yeah. is T, transgender and Q, queer. Those were the ones that I was like, I don't understand what these words mean. Yeah. You know, and I hear them thrown around about. And I did some Googling, just some straight up, what does, the, what does, what is queer? Mm -hmm. What is transgender? What is cisgender? What yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Now I'm starting to understand. So in me understanding how this is supposedly being explained, when you go, well, obviously she's been attracted to women. I go, no, no, no. Nothing's obvious. Yeah. Because the whole nature of what I just learned was nothing's obvious. Hence queer. Yeah. That's that's what that means. It it means it it from my understanding, feel free to correct me because I'm I'm trying to be transparent here. I am learning. I'm not like in any way, shape, or form yeah. the authority on this, but I'm learning cis it's like not subscribing to cisgender cultural norms. Is that right? Is that yeah, about right? You're right. And and just so for everyone listening at home right now, if you want to follow along and you want you understand some of the vocabulary that we're using, gender queer is defined as a person who does not subscribe to conventional gender distinctions but identifies with neither both or a combination of male and female genders. Now the important part is neither both or a combination there are a lot of options here so i and just that a lot of variety just now obviously the word the that word don't, here don't go together yeah because you, obviously seems to denote like oh yeah blanket sweep approach this means that and so my brain goes eh, 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 eh. no when the reality it is it doesn't come it, it doesn't compute it doesn't go together the reality is individuality is individuality so everyone for themselves so here's how i'm seeing it what he's saying is accurate. Yeah. Then what you could say is, oh, you obviously like women. Why? Because you're a man. Because this obviously. Society. Yeah. Oh, you obviously like fried chicken. Why? Because yeah. you're black. Obviously. Well, wait a minute. Wait a second. 
You don't know me. Yeah. You didn't ask me any questions. You just saw my circumstances. Oh, you obviously don't have a mother and father. Yeah. Because of how you're acting. Or you you obviously... So, not, no, like, is Diana bisexual? Yes or no? Yeah. Not she obviously is because of where she comes from. That doesn't work like that. Because, because I think the, it's interesting. And here's the part that, here's the part that yeah, jumped go, in my head immediately go. was like, from my understanding of trying to put my mind and try to get an understanding of the LGBTQ community, mm. one of some of the stories that I've heard is culturally, I am a man and I am culturally supposed to be attracted to a woman. Mm -hmm. Culturally, I'm supposed to. This is what everybody told me. Yeah. This is where I come from. This is what I've seen. But something inside of me, my natural attraction, we're not talking about, bottom line, when I look out, I am not attracted to, to women. Yeah. I am attracted to men. I didn't pick that. That's just how it is. Yeah. Now, how I choose to act on that, it's a completely different conversation. That's not the conversation we're having right now. That's correct. We're talking purely, am I attracted to men or women? I am attracted. I am a man. I'm attracted to a woman. I didn't pick that. Mm -hmm. I'm a man. I'm attracted to a man. I didn't pick that. That's just the way it, it turned out. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's in a culture that says men are attracted to women, women are attracted to men. So if you're telling me it's possible for men to be attracted to men in a culture that is anti that, how is it obvious yeah. that Diana is attracted to women? You feel me? I do. And, because and I think me coming from a person who's not a part of this culture, I'm just purely taking my education that I'm trying to pursue here and go, Something's wrong with that. I want to give I want to give one up and just say outright it it does make me excited and proud of the idea that Wonder Woman is bisexual. I like that idea. I want that for me and my interpretation and understanding and embrace of this character. Mm -hmm. I'm about it. But when you point out that word usage, and this reminds me of the way that we we offered critique on Stan Lee's commentary on Zendaya. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, word usage is important because when you say obviously, you negate a lot of other possibilities for people to be represented. It is possible that Wonder Woman was raised in Themyscira, a, a society of only women, mm -hmm. and maybe she's heterosexual, but she never had words to describe how she feels. Never had it opportunity. Is it, was, it was culturally unacceptable. It's totally possible that she might have been ridiculed. Maybe there are other women who weren't attracted to women, but they got ragged on about it. So she like internalized it. This all sounds like stories I've heard. It is, it is possible that she is asexual. And it, to be asexual means you have no interest or preference in sexuality. Which is something I cannot relate which to. Which is something that, frankly is difficult to resonate for me. It's difficult to understand, but that that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist just because it's difficult for me to wrap my mind around. Mm -hmm. That exists. So to say, obviously, being raised in the yeah, society I means struggle with that. you are attracted to women. I understand words mean something. Yeah. And I think in this case, it my, my emotional sense is I want to defend Greg Rucka because I like the proclamation here because mm -hmm. I think it's a powerful one and could, could make fee people feel represented mm -hmm. and the power for that is important. Mm -hmm. However, I think there is a potential for m a mistake in word usage or just that, that, is, that statement is not correct, that mm -hmm. those words do not mean what you think they mean. I could see if he said, as far as I'm concerned, 
from my perspective, yeah. I believe so far as it has to do with me. And perhaps that's perhaps yo, she is. I'm trying to think of I, every single time I've ever said like, oh, I didn't actually mean that. I just mm-hmm. said the wrong words. Mm-hmm. And it's entirely possible that this was a in, like an oral interview. Maybe it was recorded. And oh, geez, I just didn't, I didn't say the right thing. Right. Maybe that's maybe that's how it goes. There's so many times when I my brain turns off and I grab a word that's close to me and well, I try he, to use it. Well, here's it. The, here's another thing. If we're going to just this is something that jumped out at me. Try quote. And when you start to think about giving the concept of Themyscira its due, the concept of Themyscira its due, the answer is how can they not all be in same-sex relationships. I'm sorry, what? I think there is more nuance than that, Greg Rucka. I, I, I don't... It, it, look, I get... Like, you listen to, you've listened to me for 51 episodes. Yeah, yeah. All I'm doing is being Octavius about this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get Wh- it. Words mean things. Wait, whoa, whoa, hold up. Yeah. What? Now, so... How can they not all... Bro. It's still a generalized. That's not cool. It's still Can you generalized. imagine all Themyscira being like, oh, really? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, so we all just, oh, you know me, huh? You know? Like, no, nah, bro, you you can't. You can't just roll up at Themyscira and go, oh, they're all girls and they've only been here. Oh, they're obviously all attracted to each other. Because that's actually really not, what's the word? I don't want to use the wrong word, but mm. imagine if a man walked in to uh, a sorority house mm. And he's like, oh, you guys are obviously all dating. The girls would be like, what? Mm-hmm. They would be so offended. They'd mm-hmm. be like, just because we're all girls or we're all women and we all live together, we're obviously having sexual relations with each other. Really, sir? Right. I'm sorry. Really? You look at me and you look at this scenario and that's what you put together? Like, that? that's, that's, the, that's as far as it can go. There are no other options as to what could be going on here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think if anything, we got to call it what it is and go, you might want to check yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? That might not mean what you think it means, bro. Like there might be, it might be you, not you, Adam, but it might be you, Mr. Rucker, that needs to kind of like go back and look at this. Well, that's it. It's an interesting, it's an interesting balance here because the thing that I immediately want to word it, if if I may, is like I said, the emotional response is I feel like you're giving people a place and I want to prioritize the potential for that to empower and comfort people who would, uh, would like to know that Wonder Woman is bisexual. However, the logic in which you have used to reach this is potentially a problem. But you got to do it the right way. You can't, you, 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 like, here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want us to start giving people things and we're like breaking the rules to, to create diversity. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what we're after here. You know, you... You have to represent diversity accurately. No shortcuts. Yeah. So so when you say, um, how can they not all be in the same sex relationships, right? It makes no logical sense otherwise. He's speaking as an authority. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So someone's at home, at home going, hmm. You're right. Right. Obviously. So now there's X amount of men, women, children, whatever, 
who are like, yeah, that's how it works. So now they see a group of men. Oh, they're obviously X, Y, Z, a group of men, a group of women, a group of black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people. They're Mm -hmm. obviously let's just group them all together because that's all you have to do. Because they're all alike, obviously. All my experiences with them in the past have been this way. So they are obviously this way. That's very problematic. So I got to, I have to dive in there and go, no, no, no. It's, it's not that cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a funny thing because it's a funny thing because to have a moment in which you see opportunity for a minority group or people who are not represented all the time to see them have, have some, um, some claims, some victories, some something means like, yeah, let me just attach to that. It's rah, rah, rah. I'm so excited. And it almost means like, uh, everything else doesn't matter. I don't even care how you got here, Mm -hmm. but uh, like what you say, and I agree with you, even when you don't want to pay attention to these things, the details matter. There is no shortcut to diversity. Everyone deserves to be represented thoroughly and competently with respect and understanding of and who detail. they are and what they are and in detail. Because all of us deserve to be fully fleshed out, multi, multi-dimensional humans capable of many things. And there is no example anywhere where everything is just black and white and bottom line being woke is hard being woke is hard greg rucka there's grace for you yeah so yeah it's an interesting story and for me like there's stuff to celebrate yeah possibly that's kind of how like you walk away yeah it's like maybe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i wish i could talk to you and get a little more clarity there's like part of it where somebody's just like yo i got you a burger and i found it on the ground I'm like, hey, you had me at that first Oof. one. I'm all about you giving me that burger. <laughs> and I Thank found you. it on the ground. But let, let me hear you say that last part again. Where'd you find I, that? I found, found it on the ground. Okay. Okay. Well, how hungry am I right now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am pretty hungry. <laughs> so I'm glad we talked that out because it's interesting. Clearly, you were able to witness um, from my side, you and I being friends, be, like, caring about one another, understanding yeah. each other's background and patience and tolerance and readiness to learn, mm-hmm. my my need for this to be a good thing kind of like overruled everything else. Yeah. And then we have an opportunity to talk about, well, hold up, what's actually happening here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, w- I would like to learn more on that statement. It's the kind of thing that if I had the opportunity, I would hit up Greg Rucka and say... Can you tell me that again in definite terms? Tell me exactly what you mean when you say yeah. that. And the other thing that w- that we talked about is like there is a difference between right, wrong, and my opinion. Yeah. Like I, I heard um, someone talk about Kaepernick. Is Kaepernick within his rights to take a knee? Absolutely. Yes. Do you think he should? I, that, that, different, different conversation. Diff, different conversation completely different conversation. We can talk about that after we finish talking about this. Is he within his rights? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Okay. So in the same way, it's the same kind of thing. It's not about how I feel about this or that. 
You know what I mean? It's about having an understanding of what's actually being said. Yeah. Then we can talk about, okay, now that I have clarity of what the truth about the topic is, now we can talk about how I feel about the topic. Yeah. Because if we're not saying the same thing, we're speaking different languages and we're, we're, we're making different points and different topics and we don't have some sort of foundational truth that we're working from, makes it very hard for us to come together mm-hmm. and really try to learn from one another and really try to like grow and develop because we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's very emotional. And that's what that's what, what our conversation was before we recorded. We were yeah. both very like, God, I'm da, 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 da. and then we had to kind of go, hold up, what is true? Mm-hmm. What are the facts? Mm-hmm. Okay, now that we have the facts, now let's talk about how we feel about the facts. It's so bizarre to have that balance. I think about this often when I think about all the rap that I listen to and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when I think this is a great album, this is somebody that I like a lot. And then sometimes I have a problem with lyrical content and think these are things that will really bother me mm-hmm. if somebody were to say this to me in any other format from any other person. But then I think, yeah, but this is a really good album. Yeah. And it means that I have to take my victory. I need to take the thing that I like then the way that it makes me feel positive, And I have to weigh it against some of the things that I have a difficult time with. And I think it's worth doing. And for every person, there is a different form of balancing those things, but it is always worth doing. Always worth doing. Yeah. Measuring those things up against each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the Junto is for. Show enough. Mm-hmm. And to that end, this is the part where we move into talk back. Show enough. So uh, the, the segment of our show, the talk back, is where we want to hear from you, uh, your tweets, your emails. Uh, hit us up. Skywriting, smoke signals. Like, hey, look, I'm, I'm not just not ruling it out. You taking those? I'm not. I'll take it. I'll take it. Use your anytime minutes, whatever. <laughs> Use your night and weekends. <laughs> yeah, put us in your circle. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> I just See, we know. just talked about not being able to look into the future. There was a people. Yo, let me tell you something. Yeah. There was somebody. This is a little off topic. Okay. Somebody was like, you know what? I decided to go back and listen to all the Biggie albums because I wanted to hear what everybody was talking about. Mm. And I was like, I looked at them and I said, you are riding in my car. And you are a full-grown adult, mm-hmm. and you've never listened to Notorious Big's albums. I understand. It really made me recognize that the we we have moved along. Like mm-hmm. there are people who don't know who DMX is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a no, thing. But, but yeah, you're there right. are grown adults. Yeah. who don't know. They only know Mary J. Blige from the crispy chicken, fresh lettuce, <laughs> three cheeses. <laughs> All wrapped up in a, and they were like, "Who is that weird black lady holding Hillary Clinton's hand?" Yeah, and singing from an iPad. Seeing a lot of and that. Somebody's like, "Lately, she made what's the four one one, baby?" Yeah, They're like what? What's the four one one? Like there are people who don't. What is the four one one? So like, yeah, we we look anytime minutes. There was a time where he's like, "Yo, call me after nine. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? Well, I, you know, I mean, we, we talk about being woke. W- woke was a, a term that was used by Erica Badu years and years and years ago. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine about the word woke and what it means and who it's for and who it encompasses. It's just having a, a conversation, a dialogue about terminology that we use now. And me saying, you know, I, I believe it was originally used, uh, coined, created, maybe, I don't know, but it was originally used by Erica Badu. So I mean, you would have to find out what she intended then. And this person looked at me dead in the eye and was like, 
and I'm like, oh gosh, that look. You that look means Erica you don't know Erica Badu. Oh and in in a moment, I had two feelings. One was, I can't believe I'm talking to you. How have we been friends? And then the second was, I'm so excited to give this to you. It's like every time I meet somebody who's like, I've never seen The Wire. I'm like, my friend. And if you have not watched Do the Right Thing, turn this episode off. I already done told you once. Yeah. Turn the episode off and go watch Do the Right Thing. But hey, we got to protect what we're here for because Comic Book Junto is a space for accessibility. And we understand that comics are something that people get passionate about and they defend and protect. And sometimes it's not shared very well. Mm -hmm. So we are here to talk about these things as if... As if all of us are beginners and we just ex- over-explain because Stan the Man Lee says every comic book is somebody's first. And that's why we come here to philosophize about it. And every Erica Badu album is somebody's first Erica Badu album somehow. The philosophy of Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. She wrote a whole album about cell phones and talking she on the sure phone. She sure enough did. God love her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Talk back. So the point is, uh, talk back is a segment of our show where we want to talk with you and to you, answer your questions, walk you through things. Um, You can hit us up through our Twitter, Comic Book Junto. You can email us, Comic Book Junto at barefruit.com, B3 A R F R U I T.com. And uh, we take some time to, you know, offer our insight guidance if we have it. Sometimes if we don't have the answer, we just kind of chew through things. And I have an email today and the email comes from Jack. I'm just going to use a first name on this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this email from Jack says, Dear Adam and Octavius, I'm a big fan of Comic Book Junto and Bear Fruit. I've chatted briefly with both of you on social media and have really valued those brief interactions. I'm 22 years old and have been a Christian since I was a teenager. My church gave me heaps of opportunities to develop creatively as I was growing up, which I really appreciate, but it has slowly become quite restricting. Where I want to focus on working on projects that are pushing the envelope, my church is happy with work that is just good enough. This isn't a criticism I have of my church, just a fact about the constraints it needs to work within. Over the last few years, I've gotten the confidence to explore the creative community around me, and I've been able to meet some pretty incredible people and be involved on some amazing projects. I owe a lot of this confidence to CBJ for really showing me that I can open my eyes to the things around me without it costing me my faith and my beliefs. This is the question I have for you guys. As a creative person, is there anything wrong with not serving creatively at my church? I love serving at my church, but it's just become too hard to take off my professional creative hat. In that mindset, I have high standards and often the luxury of time, which is miles away from the tight deadlines and non-existent budgets that come when I have to put on my church creative hat. Am I wrong for not wanting to serve in an area that I work in professionally? I've been wrestling with this a lot lately and would really appreciate any feedback or advice you can give me. I'm not trying to rush to conclusions and I just want to be wise in how I handle this. Thanks, Jack. I I bring this email up for both of us to discuss because I've heard you talk about communities sometimes championing or, or celebrating something that is not good. What's that mean? When someone makes 
uh, you, oh, when okay, somebody okay, makes okay, something okay. and, you, and yeah, it, yeah, like, for yeah, example, yeah. like, uh, Christian music mm-hmm. and the music coming out and people, uh, they, the community celebrating him like, yes, listen to this. But in reality, the quality is not there. And it, it makes me think of that because sometimes I think people prioritize the message or, or something in it, something rolled into it and they, they discard the quality. So I'm reminded of, of that that you've told me about, but it seems like this is a little bit different for Jack where Jack has very high standards. He's very broad horizons in his professional creativity, but it seems like those things are maybe squandered within his church. So I'm curious what you think about this, given that you have relationship with the church, Mm -hmm. with a, a community of faith and you are a creative yourself. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things in this email that I can, that I can jump on. Mm. Um, and respond to. But the first thing I want to say is, I think I get it. I think I get where he's coming from. Just the feeling of like, I have convictions, Mm -hmm. you know, and my convictions are what they are. And, you know, they don't always line up with my friends, my family, my loved ones, my job, my, 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 my church, my whatever you know yeah. and that's a thing you yeah, know that's a thing yeah it's a real thing and i don't think that's a you thing i don't think that's a church thing i think that that's a thing you know like and it's important to understand what you are responsible for and what you aren't responsible for mm-hmm. you know so the first thing is if you're a christian and you believe in the bible so if you're not a christian you're listening to this then there might be a different set of standards a different perspective that you're functioning from which i understand although i think that there's a message within this that probably applies to different scenarios mm-hmm. um, you could change out your your church for maybe the way that you act within your family or the way that your family or your immediate friends talk to you or expect things of you versus the way that you work professionally or within a different recreation or a hobby. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a couple scriptures that come to mind. The reason why I'm using scripture is because you're talking about the church and you're talking about being a Christian. So there's a standard that you subscribe to. There's a belief system that you subscribe to. And that's why I'm making this distinction. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you don't subscribe, like the way I look at it is if you have not subscribed to Christianity, well, why would I expect you to live like a Christian? Mm-hmm doesn't make any sense. Fair you enough. never agreed to that. Fair now, enough. it's a different conversation to say if you should do it or not. That's a whole other conversation. But the expectation is different if you go, I subscribe to this. Well, if you subscribe to this, then you're, you know, willingly placing yourself in line with this. So 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, as each has received the gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength of God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him be the glory and dominion forever. Amen. So in that scripture, here's what it says Mm. in short and whatever, this is another scripture in, in whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do everything with intentionality to glorify God mm-hmm. and do things to love, serve, and take care of other people around you. It doesn't say when someone asks you to do X, Y, and Z, you have to. It doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So there's a level of conviction that we have to work through here. So. It's not a cut and dry thing. Sure. It really does come down to like conviction. Do you have the skills? 
Do you have the ability? Do you have the opportunity? Is it something that you want to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's really about your heart's posture. It's really about where you stand. And I think that even something here at Indy Hall, someone could ask you to do something here at Indy Hall, and you could be like, I don't have to do that. No, sure. you don't have to do it. But why do you do anything? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think that's really the conversation that you'd have to have with yourself first is like, why am I here? Yeah. What role do I play? Why am I in this relationship with this man, this woman? Why am I at this job? Why am I a part of this group? Why am I a part of this organization? Like, why? Why yeah. am I doing this? What do I believe? That's the first thing. And then what are my convictions within that? What have I pledged my allegiance to? What have I committed to? And what haven't I? Mm-hmm. And where's my flexibility within that? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. What are your expectations and like, obligations? Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, like I said, if I didn't agree to do this, then why are you getting mad at me? Because I'm not doing it. That's right. I never said I was going to do that. And I don't, and there's no rule. If there's nothing that I've aligned myself and agreed to do and says, I'm going to do this. Well, then I think there's an opportunity to have a real conversation that goes, well, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's something that I really want to spend my time doing. I think there's something I'd rather do besides that. Or, or I just flat out don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't feel like being bothered. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I The angle that I, I approach this from is one that I know I've experienced before, which is sometimes being involved in a project with a group of people and realizing that the quality of the project doesn't reflect well on me. And then me having a moment when I think, hold on, if this were something that was being held to my standard of quality, I wouldn't... I would not put this out. I wouldn't share this thing. But then I need to do a little bit of social math and figure out what is this project worth? How how important is it to me? And how is how important is it to other people? Have you ever heard the phrase, perfect is the enemy of done? I don't know if I've heard it put that way, but it makes a lot of sense. Because belaboring something and attempting to reach absolute perfection means you're going to have a hard time finishing that thing and putting it down and moving on. And look, there's some people who were perfectionists famously and apparently really difficult to get along with, but they did a good job. Steve Jobs. In some ways, we talk about Kanye in that, in that same regard, right? The Medici family. The Medici family. and The new Walt Disney. And I, I think sometimes you have to reflect and say, the project that I'm doing, the contribution that I'm giving, does it have to be a complete one-to-one perfect reflection of who I am in order for it to be ready and finished and satisfy everyone in this party? In your case, Jack, your, your church and your community, um, or is it okay for you to give the best you've got and say, hey, look, I'm going to step away from this thing now. And you do you. But in my professional sense, I would do a different thing altogether. You, you have to do a little bit of social math, I think, to figure out what's worth what. And I know that I've been in situations in which I've thought, I have to be honest with the people that I'm working with. I have to tell them how this product makes me feel, how the effort makes me feel, how all of this that we've made makes me feel. And I have to tell them that 
I, I'm not satisfied with it. This doesn't do right by me. And the important part of that, I think, and this is something you should keep with you, Jack, is you can talk about those expectations, how things make you feel with people in your church community and let them know what's what. Maybe they don't even realize what they've asked you to do is very important to you. Maybe they don't realize how much you stress over the details, like how important it is that you get this thing so right. Maybe they don't know how significant that is to you. Maybe you need to tell them that. And it's possible that it's not as important to those people. They just want to get this thing out. Can you just make this website real quick? I don't need you to worry about the font and the kerning and the colors. I just need this website out real quick. You might feel bad on that, but maybe it's more important to them that it exists. And I just think there's a balance of figuring out the obligation to yourself and your quality and the obligation to the people that you're serving. And not every situation can be treated the same, but you can't ever do something that you're not proud of. So you need to find parameters for what would make you proud. Yeah. You, you also, uh, you also have to, <laughs> you also have to, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to speak very little more direct here. You can't have, well, you can't work with everybody. That's true. Like let's let's call like cause here we go. Like, well 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 my family well maybe you and your family don't work well together. Sure. Uh, which is by the maybe way your family are not nice people. I'm like, maybe that's just I, I think it's kind of <laughs> common I mean? sometimes when you have a strong intimate relationship. It, that's what I'm it's getting difficult. At. When you like especially something like a local church or uh, or or an organization you've been with, like I'm thinking fraternity, sorority, sure, sure. something like that, or best buds from back in the day, or even, I mean, to even go in a different direction, this whole like ride or die, not snitching thing. You know oh, what I mean? Geez. Like, no, for real. I mean, it's all kind of the same thing. Like this, there's this allegiance that you've outgrown or you no longer are in alignment with, but you have some sort of like past agreement of some sort, mm-hmm. but you've, you've, you've matured, grown, developed, changed straight whatever something's changed now Mm -hmm. you know and we create it's hard to go i don't like this Mm -hmm. you know and i think the problem is not saying that soon enough Mm -hmm. and i think it has a lot to do with courage okay like having the courage to go i'm gonna speak the truth in love i don't like this. Yeah. I prefer it this way. Yeah. I actually don't want to be a part of this and that's okay. And I know for me, I personally have wrestled with that. I've wrestled with <laughs> a lot of my friends. I wrestle. Uh, they ask me for advice or not advice. They ask me my opinion. <laughs> they know if you ask me my opinion, you're going to get it. You going to get it. Yeah. And I get flack for it. I mean, years. Dag Octavius. Yeah. Hey, why are you so? I'm like, you just asked me my opinion. Well, I think on the opposite possibility, which is someone who never shares his or her honest opinion. And at that point in time, you've never expressed it. No one really knows how mm-hmm. you feel and what you think. So my point is you can't work with everybody. Yeah. And what I think you've got to do right now is not so much really worry about, oh, what's my church going to think? I think what you really got to do is go, what do I believe? Mm-hmm. You know, 
specifically because of your local church. What do I believe? Do I believe in what's going on here? And I'm not saying that to make a do or die moment, but I'm saying that to go so that you can know where you are so that you can determine where you want to go. Like, you know how you used to walk in the mall and you see the big thing and it goes, you are here. Mm -hmm. You know, like having a moment of Mm self-awareness to be able to go, I'm here and this is how I work best. Mm -hmm. I struggle with these kinds of things. I'm not particularly interested in that. I have a hard time with this. I really would rather be doing that. And in light of all of these things, now let's have a conversation. Yes. yes. After I first seek to understand where you are with things. Yeah. So once I kind of have this self-awareness, then going to the other party and going, help me understand where you are. Yeah. I know where I'm at. Right. Where are you? Right. You're here, here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, here's where we're aligned. Here's where we're not aligned. Now, what can we do with that? Yeah. Can that be reconciled? Yeah. Are you willing to compromise? There's a piece on I, top I of that, too. I'm not willing to. Sometimes you know I talk to my colleagues uh, about this, and, and and sometimes we'll get to a point where we, we talk about these details of, of a project. This is where I am. Where are you? This is where you are. This is where I am. We go back and forth, and we spend a lot of time. We're just kind of burning rubber, talking, 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 and not executing. And then there's a level on top of that. At a certain point, I have found it beneficial for me to introduce the give a damn meter. My give a damn meter is at a two. Where's yours at? I like that. Mine's at a six. I like that. Okay, you care more than I do. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to let you have this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you that because my give a damn meter is low. You know where I am. You know what I think. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, let me compromise to you because I think it's more important to you in the mm-hmm. end. But the important part is I have still expressed my truth in love. And I think that's a really important part. The obligation you have to yourself and to everyone around you is first to express yourself, your, your truth in love. And then, you know, move on from there. But people need to know, and you cannot assume that people know how you feel, know if you're struggling. You can't assume that. Big. That's big. And that goes with anyone, with your church, your family, your partners, your friends, anyone. Even if y'all have known each other forever and ever and ever, you still can't make those assumptions. And the more comfortable you become in expressing the way that you feel so people can learn about you and help you and accommodate and work with you, the better every single relationship in your life is going to be. Yeah, because it gives them the the opportunity to do right by you. That's right. Even if it means saying, you know what, we shouldn't work together on this. And you know what? I I guess I'm just throwing that out there because I had to learn that that's sometimes the right move. And that sometimes can be nasty. Yeah. And But sometimes it's the right thing to do to go, you know what? This ain't working. Yeah. This isn't going to work. But self-awareness first. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm -hmm. Seek first to understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Then for them to understand you, speak the truth and love, and then see where you can go from there. Mm-hmm. So with all this, I don't think we actually gave you, here's what you should do. Like, but I think that at the end of the day, it is up to you. We reinforce some principle. You know? Absolutely. I mean, you go too far without doing that, and you got the game and Meek Mill. And you got a lot of <laughs> bad, you got bad chatter. Oh. You don't want that. Meek. You don't want that. Man, I know. Everybody I just want, take a moment for Meek right now. Want. Thank you for listening, Meek. We All appreciate right. you. Thank you for the five, five, well, <laughs> thank you for the five stars. <laughs> Positive comment. 
All right. So that's it for the talk back segment. We really, really, really appreciate you guys sending in your questions. Please keep sending them to um, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com or mm-hmm. submit them on Twitter using hashtag AskCBJ. Please do. And just want to t- take an opportunity to say you can also leave us um, questions or comments on Instagram. I'm uh, not Instagram on iTunes with a five star review and a positive comment. That's another way to get in contact with us and let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we want to talk with you. We want to hear back from you. Please don't just let us talk out into the ether and not give us anything back. Talk back to us. Let us know what you think. Um, again, hit us up on Twitter and all that good stuff. That's right. All right, so on to the books of the week. All right, I have, uh, looking at my clock, I have approximately 30 minutes when we do pool list and our books. What do you say? What do you think? Well, you're the one that got 25 uh, man thing comments. I do, I do. I got to shout out uh, my buddy, Andrew. He he heard the episode O Positive about the Shin Godzilla, the transplant coming up, and he says, hey, here's some reading material, and he gave me like two dozen man thing books. So... Andrew, you are a supreme being that is really dope, and I'm really excited to to get into this. I actually started reading Giant Size Man Thing number five yesterday, and Timory fell asleep immediately. Uh, you started so, reading it to her? Yeah. I was doing that read out loud, you know, like Alexis says, like, yeah, I, w- I want Octavius to read it aloud. I don't understand this. I one. did that. I tried it. Not good. No, See, I, just, I tried to tell you. <laughs> critical failure. I tried to tell you. Uh, but we're going through our pool list right now. And uh, I picked up one, two, three, four, four books, and uh, a, I guess it's a trade. I don't know, a graphic novel, you could say. I picked up uh, Kim and Kim, which I've heard interesting things about, and I'm excited to read because this comes from Black Mask, and I haven't read very much from Black Mask. I picked up Nighthawk number five. That is one of our books of the week this week. Saga 38. Can't wait. Snot Girl number three. This book has been pretty weird, but I'm digging the artwork a lot. And uh, I picked up The Garden of the Flesh by Gilbert Hernandez. Gilbert Hernandez uh, is known for primarily a series called Love and Rockets, which is pretty out there. And if you're familiar with it, it's uh, a lot of similar strange stuff in Garden of the Flesh. I'm, I'm excited to hop into this one, though. Word. All right. I got Batgirl number three. Batman Detective Comics, 941. Hmm. Batman Beyond Rebirth, number one. Mm -hmm. And I got Nighthawk, number five. And our other book of the week, which we are bringing back from a couple weeks ago, is Black Panther, number six. Mm -hmm. I think we should start with that one. Yeah, we can start with Black Panther, number six, because I think it's two weeks old, maybe? Something like that. Something like that. But we we didn't get around to Black Panther, six previously, because... If you've been following along with Comic Book Junto, you know Black Panther takes some effort, takes a little bit of effort. Um, so we're going to get into that right now. At this point in time, I'm going to remember to do what we have forgotten to do in the past. I'm going to put up a little spoiler warning. If you have not read Black Panther 6, please, I encourage you to go to your local shop, pick up Black Panther 6 and read it. We're going to get into the story, the plot, the uh, spoilers abundantly, and we don't want to ruin that experience for you. If you have read it, then you can join us for this part. But three, two, one. It's your fault. Black Panther number six. Here we go. All right. We've made some jokes from time to time that uh, 
Tanahasi Coates gives us the the rundown of the, the this is the plot as we recall from previous issues on that first page introducing the characters to us one more time there's a map of Wakanda like a broads in Wakanda and I'm reading the synopsis and the rundown and sometimes I gotta read it multiple times yes I'm like who is the what's it with the what now I'm here's here's an excerpt. This is from the first page. That's th- This is the page that's supposed to say, hey, you remember this part, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Shuri's spirit travels the plane of Wakandan memory known as the Jalia. Okay. She is led by a griot inhabiting the visage of Ramanda. Hmm. What? Who's, who did that? Who was in the griot? So there's some new vocabulary terms yes. that we all have to spend some time with we've spent six issues with now some of them i think are fitting into my my vocabulary and i understand the jalia as the plane after death mm-hmm. uh or between death and the afterlife i think it's more of an in-between it's like an in-between so it's a plane of memory and and history and spiritual history of wakanda um there there are some things in here some character names that i think all I am, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm getting used to, and over time, I'm beginning to remember some of this. And you mm-hmm. made the analogy, you said ta kind of used the wire as a parallel. Yeah, I listened to a podcast that ta Coates was um, being interviewed on, and he talked about how he watched The Wire starting at season two. And how, you know, if you've seen The Wire, you're probably like, huh, what? How are you going to jump in season two? And he said he enjoyed... Um, not knowing everything and kind of watching and listening and going, who's that? and What's this? And what's going on? And how he kind of enjoyed the unfolding and developing and the kind of creating the aha. Mm, oh, oh, nah, now I see. And how in some way, shape or form, he thought about that or had that in mind or was considering that and how he's writing this. And part of one of the things that he was thinking about is, are people going to stick with him long enough through such a thick, dense story to be able to get to the ah, mm, aha moment? So it seems like he's aware of the fact that I know you don't know what all these things mean. Yeah. You know, I know you're not picking up every single thing I'm putting down, but it's intentionally dense so that you pick up a little more and a little more and a little more, which kind of made me go, Oh, okay. I'm, it's not just me. Cause I'm still enjoying myself, mm-hmm. but I do close the book sometimes and go, did mm-hmm. I get all that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, that, that approach to digesting something is not for everyone. You know, I, I don't know if I uh, would be able to hop into season two of something and really enjoy myself, but I understand the intentionality behind doing that sort of thing, really submerging someone into the deep end and saying, I promise you over time, this is going to pay off. And as you learn these characters' names and their plights and their stories, that's going to be a certain kind of discovery and a certain kind of fulfillment, I think, as a reader. Um, gosh, but it's it's always funny. It's It seems like a difficult task every single time we do Black Panther Book of the Week because I think, how do I, in very few words summarize what's happening well we got the door melage who um with uh is it uh wait who are now i'm trying to remember who the uh the main leaders of the door melage are again 
Um, you mean uh, the the, the characters Tetsu, Io, and, Io and, Anika? and Anika? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got... Io and Anika, who have broken away from uh, the, from the king, from T'Challa, mm-hmm. uh, don't really trust him right now, and they are in love as well. Yes. So there's some there's some plots, multiple plots, and they're they're kind of parting with Tetu and Zinzi, right? Who appear to be by all conventions. The bad guys, mm-hmm. yeah, who yeah. are effectively talking to the people of Wakanda and saying your king is not serving you, right? And the, so, so we have a scenario where it seems like um, they are like on attack, like they they've been sent to kind of attack. Well, like um, T'Challa's boys, so to speak, like his his, his squad, his, his dogs. Yeah. I don't know what exactly what their what the term is. They're sent out to kind of get into some engagement with them. So they have this fight with uh, the Midnight Angels, but something happens where it almost seems like these guys, like their their mind is changed. I don't know if that's like Zenzi that does that. What's happening here exactly? It it appears to me that that Zenzi uh, has some some abilities mm-hmm. which we haven't like fully comprehended. Right. But she has some abilities to tap into people's psyche and like release their innermost, innermost emotions. Yeah, that's what it's, that's how it's kind of come across. So Zenzi rolls up with Tetu. You know, the, the these two appear to be the villains of the story, but at the same time, they're sympathetic in that they're trying to lead this rebellion that they believe in. And Zenzi rolls up and she's fighting off the, the dogs, the war dogs, uh, by allowing them to feel doubt mm. and fear and maybe allowing them to like uh, taking their questions about the king and the job that they're doing and surfacing it. Yeah. So now they're almost paralyzed by anxiety or, or confusion. Like thinking, why are we here shooting people? Yeah. They're taking their masks off and rubbing their faces. Like they're having a little meltdown right now. They're having a moment. And it appears that that's a powerful tool for Zenzi because it's going to allow a that offense to stop and B she's going to be able to find these uh, these these fighters these soldiers now as sympathizers for her cause mm-hmm. with tattoo so yeah. that was an interesting moment yeah so that's one of the moments that we have here we also have a moment between uh, T'Challa and Tony mm-hmm. so what's kind of happening here uh, this is this is interesting. Um, you have I always like when when T'Challa is connecting with the Avengers and basically asking for perspective outside of Wakanda. Like he's got all this stuff he's looking at. He's looking at the guy uh, Kwa Bena, mm-hmm. the guy who had the bomb in his chest. He's looking at uh, Zeke Stain, and you know, so like T'Challa is really like being a monarch, being a warrior and a king. I think just the way they're showing all the dynamic pieces of what goes into that. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, you know, you know, it's just not as cut and dry as you would think. You know, I'm the king of Wakanda. You know, it's like coming to America and, you know, they feed me grapes. It's like, nah, yo, it's like he's really dealing with a lot. Yeah. Just just them, just seeing all the things on the screen at once that this guy's got to think through. That's a lot. Yeah, and it, what we have, I think, is an illustration of the kind of guy that T'Challa is. And T'Challa explains this through his narration. He is a king, yes. Being a king is sacred, and it is rooted in history, yes. However, he's the kind of person who values research and study and strategy. And that's why he's having a conversation with someone like 
Tony Stark, who is also a scientist. T'Challa sees himself as a scientist first, and then a king. And that means that he is able to research the thing that he is up against and to really study how he's supposed to approach this. And it, it appears that he has some plan to defend himself against Zenzi, that like deep emotional mind bending that might be coming his way. And uh, Tony is basically talking to T'Challa and saying, yeah, Ezekiel Stain, that's the guy who's behind all this. Right. That technology, that narcissism. Yeah, he's, he's who you're after. Yes. And so that's kind of what's going on there. Then we got another scene in the Dejalia. We've got um we've got uh Anika who is is that wait, is that is that Anika? No, this no, no, is no, no, uh Shuri. We this is Shuri. Shuri. This is T'Challa's sister. Who's dealing with what she keeps calling her mother, but I think we've concluded that this is not her mother. Or she's an avatar of her mother or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. So they have some very interesting, interesting dialogue here. Out of a lot of things that she said, um, uh, let me see the parts. She says, um, the old man was blind to his folly. A girl can be made to serve, but she can never be truly made into a slave. And Shuri goes, what do you mean, mother? The girl was captured, bound, and sold. Surely she was enslaved. And she goes, precisely, daughter, enslaved is what the plunderer does to a righteous woman. But a slave is a righteous woman um, who has accepted the plunderer's law. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a very interesting statement, just kind of like the difference between being enslaved and being a slave. Yeah. And just, one is something that is done to you, and the other is the decision for you to submit. Yeah, you, you accept it. But just because you are locked up and bound does not mean you accept it. Bottom line... What is going to happen to Suri when she comes out of the Jolly? Oh, man, I think this is kind of like a montage to end all montage. You know, you know when Rocky's getting ready for the fight mm. and he's training, he's yeah. running through the Italian market, he's yeah. jogging up the art museum steps. Yeah. This is like that, except a spiritual version in another plane of existence. I mean, she's literally climbing a mountain with her spiritual, yeah. like glowing mother. You know what I mean? In the like middle after like plain life. And she's telling her stories that are supposed to like remind, I guess, remind, like teach her slash remind her slash enlighten her. And you have to think that she's getting put on so that when she comes back, she's going to bring this clarity to T'Challa. There's a line in here that I really, really enjoy right before her mother seems to jump backward off of this cliff of this mountain that they climb together. And it, it appears like this is the graduation moment for Shuri. Like you don't need me anymore. So here we go. Uh, the line that she used, there is no fist wide enough to hide the sky. Hey, and she's you saying, better say that. you can be locked up, preach it, but you're not a slave if you don't submit to it. Uh-huh. You can be under pressure. Come on now. But you don't change. Yeah, you, yeah. You might be held captive yeah. for years. Held captive for years? But there is no fist wide enough to hide this. But sky. there is no fist. Come on, somebody. Everybody out in the internet ought to thank God. Yeah. That, is that what we were going? That's that, it. Is that yeah. what you wanted? Uh, you that want was about the, it. The, the backup. That was it. Was that right? I think that's uh, that's I, no, actually. You can preach, Adam. Hey, well, you know, I I can throw my voice as well. Fair enough. And sometimes I sound like Ramonda. How about that? You know, but uh, I I think that's really powerful. And what I'm curious to to discover is how does that apply to 
the king. Who is the king being bound to? And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking what T'Challa is bound to, what T'Challa is is caught up with is the sacred right of being a king. He's being bound by the constraints of legacy, of history, of the idea of things being sacred. And he needs to be clever. He needs to be scientific. He needs to free himself from the chains of the past in order to serve the people of the present. And I think Shuri is going to be able to help him do that. Because what we what we find out, you know, we 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 take ourselves away from this this plane of memory, and then we we find ourselves in the complete opposite, which is T'Challa ambushing a base, yeah, you know, and going in and beating on people. This is not a spiritual journey right now. I'm going fisticuffs, yeah, and it's. Uh, I think this is all part of a plan that T'Challa has has hatched. Yeah, he gets air quotes caught, yeah. Pretty sure that's there's no way that a couple of random soldiers and can just with, take out the butt of the gun in the back of the head. Nah, no, 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 no. So it seems like there's some kind of plan, and I think the plan that T'Challa has here is to get himself in the company of Ezekiel Stain so he can learn more about Stain, and in the meantime, have a whole group of people waiting for him or more apt. He's got the crew. Yeah, because he goes in there, he rolls up in in this spot, and you know Ezekiel Stain and some of his other cronies start telling their whole plan. At first, Mister Bond, I must tell you my plan, like that. Yeah, kind of exactly, thing. exactly. But it seems like he's recording them, and they have the, every all the documentation video so that because you know that's how he got in trouble in the first place. Yeah, they took a conversation that he was having and took it out of context. Yeah, and put it out for the whole the nation to see. And everybody was like, oh, this dude's trying to like put us in a bad situation. But now I think he's kind of flipping it and doing it the other way. And this guy, you know, I think that's what Tony was telling him. He's like, this guy can't resist. You know, he's an arrogant guy. Classic he villain. He doesn't want to just get you. He wants to know that he doesn't want to just do this to you. He wants to do it to you and know that you know that he's the one that did it. And I think and this explain is, what he did and how he's yeah. than you. And, how and Ezekiel Stain, he 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 outlines it right here. He says, "Oh yeah, your friend Tetu put out a contract on you. Invited any mutant, alien, or cyborg in to take the king in return for a share." in the future country. And so Ezekiel Stain is getting put on blast right now because if that information gets out, I wonder if Tetu even realizes the contract that he entered into, depending on what Tetu's intentions are. I'm, I'm not entirely sure he knows what he's doing here or the devil, the, the deal with the devil that he's made, right? Like, let me throw the king over. Let's get rid of the king in exchange for people, the country, the well-being of my entire nation. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting because Black Panther knows he's got to go behind enemy lines, make it look like he yeah. got caught yeah. in order for him to capture that information. Mm -hmm. Maybe broadcast through the rest of Wakanda, maybe right. broadcast to Zenzi, something along them lines. Uh, but what we do know is he's got the crew. Now, the crew, all I know is everybody black. Everybody's black. And they all, they all husky and ready, look like they're ready to do some damage. Luke Cage... Storm, Misty Knight, and Manifold. 
They they're waiting. Have in the you wings. ever heard of the crew before? I I had to become familiar with the crew just by googling, and I looked some things up, and I discovered that the crew was written by Christopher Priest back in two thousand three. Christopher Priest had a run on Black Panther as well, which gets a lot of praise. And the crew at that time was Junta, Josiah X, Casper Cole, War Machine. I was not familiar with all of those characters. What I do know is uh, this is a black team. Mm-hmm. And what Christopher Priest has actually gone out and said is that, no, 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 that's not important. It wasn't actually important that they were all black. In one way or another, they were all orphans. And I thought that was interesting. So it's that's, important that they're all black. They, I, yes, <laughs> yes, it I, is important. I hear what you're saying and all that, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think he was trying to play it down only in the sense he was like, look at that, get past that, let me tell you a story. But it seems like this is the victim of, similar to Nighthawk, all too premature ending, only got seven issues. The book, the book was called The Crew? The Crew got seven issues back in 03 and 04, and that's it. I gotta look it up on Marvel Unlimited. And that is it. So that's something to look out for. I would love to learn a little bit more about that. Josiah X is the son of Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley was the star of... Uh, Gosh, Truth, Red, White, and Black, where he was uh, Captain America, the black Captain America, Mm -hmm. before Sam Wilson, and it had to do with the Tuskegee experiments. There's a lot going down in here, and I like the idea that Coates is reintroducing, Ta-Nehisi is reintroducing the crew. It seems like there's something for me to dig into and learn from. But yo, we got some action going. Yes. Now we got some action. Yes, indeed. So I'm excited about Black Panther 6. This is a good issue. So, on to the next book, and to our last book, Nightwing. Nighthawk. I'm, I'm wilding. Yeah, Night hey, diff, a, different, a different bird of the night. Yeah, yeah. another, another night bird. Mm-hmm. Nighthawk, number five. But here's what we're doing. This is a little bit different from normal. We got the news about Nighthawk being canceled, and the, the, the week, that episode, we got that news, we decided we wanted to investigate Nighthawk number two. We did Nighthawk number one as a book. We did Nighthawk number two. Yes, we have skipped three and four. We recommend you pick them up. Yes. Because we have read them and we would like, well, one of us has read them. I done read them. I have not. However, I did read number five and I was able to hang with it and I'm very impressed. And I am only more sad that this book is being taken away from us. I, just, I was reading the book and I was like, you cannot take this away from me. You, you said those words. You, you were shaking your head saying, you, you cannot take this book away from me. Yeah. Nighthawk number five is good. So let's dive right into it. Spoilers mm-hmm. again. We're going to talk about it. If you haven't read it, read the other two books and then read this one. So the Revelator is the bad guy. Yep. Okay. Revelator. Serial killer. Now terrorist. Yeah, because he's blowing up, killing a bunch of people, but the bottom line is this guy is killing um, people who have been killing black people Yes, um, and getting away with it. He thinks he is committing vengeance on right. oppressors. Yes. Yeah. So, um, Nighthawk is out here uh, doing his thing, like fighting crime, and there was a situation where there are people are looting and fighting and doing all this stuff and it's very interesting in light of what's going on with the response that people are having to yeah response people are having to people you know killing black men in the street and then getting away with it so in the book what happened was there's a cop killed a black kid uh inappropriately you know basically murdered him and he got off so what the revelator does is he comes and he kills the guy yeah so now we have the police who are responding 
to the people. The people are respond. You know what I mean? So it's like you kill the black kid. The people respond. Nothing happens. The cops respond to the people. The revelator kills the cop. Cycle of You know violence. what I mean? So now things are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So now in Chicago, people are looting. Yeah. And in the last issue, apparently, uh, the revelator has stepped up from being a serial killer in which he is capturing and killing and mutilating the bodies yes. of the oppressors. He actually bombed a block or two yes. and caused total chaos. And in that chaos, during that chaos, our hero, Nighthawk, actually had a confrontation with the True Patriots, yeah. which is a white supremacist group. That are basically, so here's what's going on. So they're these, people, they're these black people who are out there looting. Yeah. Of course, wrong. Not cool. But the true patriots are literally mowing them down. Using it as an excuse, like, look at these looters, look at these criminals, and using it as an opportunity to kill them. Killing them. So there's a scene in issue number four where, you know, they're standing there and, like, the true patriots have pulled guns out on them. Yeah. And they're like, yo, you know, you guys, like, we're going to kill you. And they're like, whoa, whoa, stop, don't do it, don't, don't, don't kill us. And pretty much what happens is is they they go and they kill them anyway because like yeah. the, the the kids are standing there i don't know if they're kids i don't know if they're adults or whatever i'm trying to pull it up right now so i can read you the specific part um yeah but they 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 go to kill them and um nighthawk stands in and shoots up the truck full of people who are going to kill them so nighthawk yeah. is killing people yes he is nighthawk's not the type of one who's like hey you know i'm going to take them out without killing them nighthawk is no, he's he's doing what he believes he has to do, and he's stopping the problem. So there's a situation where they have a this have a conversation in issue number four, and the kid goes, "Yo, you killed them," and he, Nighthawk goes, "They were going to kill you, and they would be vindicated in doing so. You're breaking the law. You're making it easier for them." Mm -hmm. And then the kid goes, "We just trying to get ahead." Nighthawk says, "This isn't the way to do it." Um, and then the kid goes, oh, oh, and Nighthawk goes, don't give them the excuse to kill you. The kid goes, they don't need an excuse, man. And Nighthawk goes, then don't give them a target. Mm. Now, this mm. is all from number four. This is not from this book. But I'm just trying to give you context. Uh -huh. Like, that, that is really addressing something that's going on right now. Right this moment. Like a black man talking to a black man as a superhero going, look, I'm going to defend you. I'm not going to let the white supremacists come in and kill you. But at the same time, I'm going to jam you up. Yeah. Like you out here looting saying like, don't give them an excuse to kill you. Mm -hmm. But then the real dialogue going, they would have killed me. In so first of all, he says, you killed him. He goes, they were going to kill you. You see like the whole yeah. thing. And he goes, don't give them an excuse to kill you. They, they were going to kill me anyway. And he goes, well, don't give them a target. Yeah. Like don't put yourself in harm's way. If you know what it's hitting for. And I think that that's an interesting conversation to put out there from a black man to a black man going like i understand you're upset i understand you're angry i understand they're going to come for you anyway i get all that but just don't stand in front of the bullet yeah you know so that's that's a lot in, that's a lot for a comic book nighthawk you know? nighthawk killing the true patriots is not something that he does easily right and he does what he believes he's got to do he yeah. does the damn thing but I, yeah, as we start issue five, the revelator is saying, I saw you yeah. puking your guts out after you killed the true patriots. You're not different than me. Yeah. You are no different. And now we're getting into a conversation that reminds me a little bit of the Batman Joker kind of thing where we're talking about like, what makes us different? Mm -hmm. You think you're sane. And revelator is trying to bring Nighthawk down and say, you want to kill these people. 
It's in you. Like, yeah, me and you, me and you both. Yeah. We're the same, you and me. You know, it sounds just like Batman and uh, Joker. Yeah. And Nighthawk is saying, what you're doing is destroying the city. And Revelator says, it's destroying itself. Yeah. I'm just responding to it. And he, the words he uses too, don't be the slave that cares more for his master than he cares for himself. Oof. And that's when it sets off Nighthawk. I'm no one's slave. Yeah. And he headbutts him. He busts out of his chains and he, he puts a whooping on him like <laughs> real good. Yeah. And then the revelator escapes. Yeah. So now you got Nighthawk with busted gear. He's off the radar. He's got his, uh, uh, his partner, his partner, Tilda looking for him all over the place. And, uh, he's trying to take some pictures of, uh, the layer, the revelators like room, all yeah. these newspaper clippings yeah. about people. She's trying to put it together. Who's next? Where do I need to go in order to stop the revelator? Right. So we've got, you know, some other, some other characters. You got some friends of his that are cops. So he's, we've got a cop who's a dirty cop who's working with somebody else. Um, and you've got a good cop who's working with Nighthawk. So there's a, if you haven't read this, it's a lot to go through. I don't want to like it's worth it. really chop through every single interaction. But the bottom line is good cops doing good cop things. Bad cops doing bad cop things. Yeah. Good cops working with Nighthawk. Bad cops are working with the bad guys. Yeah. The overall bad guys. Just to kind of give you perspective. The bad guys on. being a realtor who's trying to gentrify a neighborhood and was secretly working At with all the, costs. the true patriots with that racist group. He sent them out there. Trying to eliminate the black people in the area. Yeah. Yep. So like this, th and, like you said, he's, he sent these guys out there to do this job. Yeah. He like set them loose and you know, Nighthawk comes in and handles them. So he's like very upset about that now. Uh, Tilda finally has an opportunity to, to send drones out. Those like flying birds that the owl sentinels and find Nighthawk and pick him up. You got to imagine that these flying owls around the city of Chicago are like, people what is this mechanical? What is it? I, it's easy enough when people see a drone. I don't know if you've ever heard the sound a drone makes, but you look up and be like, the hell is that? You see this robot bird swooping around. But uh, I, I really like that moment between uh, Tilda and Nighthawk when Nighthawk he, he's rescued. He has an opportunity. Tilda thought about how this is going to go down. I'm yeah. going to get you in this car. We're going to be a-okay. And Nighthawk begins to say, hey, Tilda, I just want to say, and she says, don't start complimenting me now because that would be awkward and out of character for you. Give me a raise and continue to look upon me with silent envy and respect and lust. Because I know you've been checking out the goods. So I really like that dynamic <laughs> so, so between these that's two. Like, yeah, that's her thing. That's how she talks. I mean, she's spunky. She's at it. And she does the job. She yeah. does the damn job. Give you a little more insight again on the book here. Good Cop yeah. has Good Cop Partner. Yep. Good Cop is working with Nighthawk. On the DL. Doesn't tell Good Cop Partner what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So they have that whole, what are you doing? Why don't you tell me what's going on? Uh-uh, no, nothing, nothing. So as he's going off, he gets a phone call from Bad uh, Realtors Bad Cop Connect. Who am says, I, am hey, I doing a good yeah, job Yeah, you here? are, you are. Okay. I follow this. And that, that bad cop is saying, hey, look, I know you've been working with Nighthawk on this case. You're the person who knows how to help me with this. Why don't you come and meet me in this remote location so you can help me on the case. So you automatically know, don't do it. That's a trap. It's, it's a trap. Like, so, of course, good cop goes and be a good cop and goes out there because he doesn't know. And 
Bad Cop has one of Nighthawk's little shivs, little knife things. Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, he's probably going to do him in and use the knife to set up frame Nighthawk. Night so it looks like he did it. Mm-hmm. So good cop partners following good cop. So back into the owl lair, wherever this thing is, the owl's nest. The nest. The nest. <laughs> um, so uh, Tilda's checking out all the information that Nighthawk got. And Nighthawk is trying to put together a sketch, a composite of what the revelator looks like because he saw his face. Very, very interesting moment here. Tilda says, yeah, I'm putting all this stuff together. But what are you doing? Like, what are you doing right now? And he says, I'm, you know, putting, trying to put this composite together. Once I put the composite together, you know? I can identify the revelator. And here's Tilda. She goes, um, identify him. That's what your top priority is? Because I can identify him without facial uh, composite software. You want to know who the revelator is? He's me. He's you. He's the father or the uncle or the older sister of Latron Staines. Now, Latron Staines is the kid that was killed mm-hmm murdered by the cop who was acquitted in the beginning right that the cop that got away uh or maybe the brother of someone the cops disappeared at home uh uh home and square he's the guy whose wife was found dead in a jail cell after she was arrested for a traffic violation do you got you see the reference point of what that is Uh right there um he's anyone who's felt the sting of the whip or the boot on their throat and you want to identify him look around you boss and this city is filled with revelators we don't need to just identify him we just need to stop him before he adds more fuel to the fire that's burning the city you know this as well as i do Hmm. and reading that you're just like dang because being a black man, you get that. Like it's kind of like, am I the revelator? Like, is is that what you're trying? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Because yeah. I kind of, based off of that definition, I kind of am. I'm just not acting out like the revelator is. I thought that was really powerful because there was a moment when I had to think: Is it important if you identify him, or is it not? Because I think what Tilda is noting here is the priority is you stop this from getting worse. But you trying to figure out who this is and piece together why this is happening is bananas because you know why this is happening. Yeah. And for a moment, I thought, well, hold on. I don't want to strip the identity from someone because the person doing this has a problem, has a real problem, and thinks that you can be a serial killer or a terrorist and cause... Like, that's the, that's the answer. Like, that's, that's the, the answer. But the, the truth behind this is time is of the essence. Revelator is loose. Tom is a flat John. Tom is a flat John. And Tilda is saying straight up, you are wasting your time because you know what the motive is. And we don't need to explore that right now. Right. We need to stop it from becoming worse. And the moment in which Nighthawk sits and thinks, you can see the gears in his head. Yeah. It's like one of those moments where you're like, dang, you're right, but I don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. Stop Stop making me think. So he gets a, Nighthawk gets a text message from good cop buddy. Good cop buddy is saying like, hey, I'm coming out to this area. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need your backup. Help, help me out. Yeah, I mean, and that's when we realized that trap that we suspected. It's a trap. Eh, it's a trap. Thank you, Akbar. That is 100% a trap. And right in time. Well, I guess it's not actually in time because bad cop stabs good cop. Partner cop shows up and says, what the hell is going on here? And she gets shot at. Looks like she was wearing bulletproof vest. Bad cop shoots. Good cop partner. Mm-hmm. So she goes down. Good cops on the ground, bleeding out. Nighthawk, Nighthawk shows up in a contraption. We did not know he had. That joint looks like some real goblin Something thing. straight from Green Goblin's, oh, yeah. uh, you know, lair, whatever. The flyer. 
Yeah, it just <laughs> comes right up in there, knocks the dude out, and snaps it, his I, neck. He kills him, yo. Kills the cop. Nighthawk is Nighthawk is doing work. Yeah. And of course, good cop partner hops up, pulls the gun on Nighthawk, and you know, the bleeding out good cop is like, yo, listen, um, you should meet my friend. It's Nighthawk. You just saved my life, I think. Yeah. And then that's where it ends. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, it, it, it's funny. The stance that you see from uh, the, the good pop cop partner, her name is Nina. The stance from Nina where she's, I mean, she's standing on the ground pointing the gun at Nighthawk. She has every reason to shoot Nighthawk because she just watched Nighthawk kill a police officer. But she doesn't do it. And you have a guy bleeding on the ground saying, like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I can explain this. Wait. That's a difficult situation right there. Nina doesn't know what's going on. She's got a got she's going through a lot in that moment, I imagine. Yeah. Thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But yes, saved right in time. Fortunately, dude on the ground is saying, Hey, hold up. Uh, I'm I'm bleeding out. Um, someone want to point out. I really, really, really like this book, and I'm very upset that it's going to go away. I don't however, want to talk about it. However, I cannot remember the white cop's name any time, ever. I just can't remember his name. Good cop. Good cop. I can't remember good cop's name. I don't recall. And I just point that out because I'm like, who is that? I don't know. He's just a good guy. Okay, we're good here. But look, David Walker, Martin Morazzo, the comic that you make is unique. It is genuine. It's authentic. It pulls no punches. Yes. It's violent, but it's complicated. And even it's if, not violent just for violence sake. It's no. like, man, I'm angry. <sighs> Come on. The people who commit violence I'm just thinking have like, feelings. I'm thinking like when this book goes away, is Nighthawk going to eternally be this kind of character? Or is this someone's interpretation of Nighthawk? Because... I don't know. Uh, I just want... Okay, so here's what my request is. Can Nighthawk always be this kind of guy mm -hmm. so whoever writes him will be writing him with these like he's in chicago he's it you know what i mean like because mm -hmm. this story is an important story yeah you know what i mean even if this book doesn't do well if nighthawk shows up somewhere else could he show up in the marvel universe could he show up on you know what i mean like you know like, i just think that this character is important i agree yeah I agree. And I'm really sad to have this character go away. And I'm, I'm curious if he will exist with other teams or is he an independent operator? What's going to happen? Am I ever going to get to see the crew roll with Nighthawk? Am I ever going to get to see Black Panther roll with Nighthawk? Am I going to get to see Sam Wilson try to reconcile the kind of justice that Nighthawk is serving up? Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to see those conversations take place. I want the character to stick around. I want the series to stick around. David Walker... You're being robbed, man. This is a good story. I think we have one issue remaining, and that is a tragedy. That is a tragedy. If you're not picking up Nighthawk, I recommend it. Even if you're, you are you got a thing where you don't like picking up the big two, the Marvel books, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is different, man. I, I, it feels different. It feels poignant. It feels powerful. It's one more P. Tough. So that's nah, not a P. Uh, Punchy rock. I like prolific. Okay. All right. Next week, here's what we got. I'm excited about this. Next week, we have Batman number eight. Mm -hmm. Cage, exclamation point. Yeah. We've been waiting one. on that one for a while. Jessica Jones number one. Okay. Mrs. Jones. 
Uh, so I, I want to read Cage for sure. Yeah. I want to read Cage because that one's a mini series and we've been waiting for that for a long time. And Batman, we have not done a book of the week for book one of, of uh, Monster Men Are Coming. Mm-hmm. So that's something we can investigate. Uh, what say you? What do you think? <sighs> I mean, if you haven't read Batman number seven, if you haven't read Nightwing, if you haven't read um, read Detective Comics, Monster Men is on part like three this, already. Well, this, well tomorrow, next week that'll be Mar- Monster Men Night of the Monster Men part four. Dag. So it goes through other books. Yes. So I think it might be easier to do Cage and Jessica Jones. I'm into that. Hey, look at that. We got a little uh, a domestic pairing right there. We do the Cage book. We do oh, Jessica yeah. Jones. Yeah, yeah. We it do is. we did his and hers. It is the Mister and Mrs. I'm a, I'm about it, and maybe we can just touch on you know Night of the Monster Men in general. Just mm-hmm. talk about how we feel about it. Because we read the first issue it, that that plot has already started. That was last week. I have things to say about it. Uh, I have thoughts and feelings, and I want to get around to those. But I'll, I would love to spend my time on some new stuff too. Because look, Batman ain't hurting. Batman's going to sell. It's going to do all right. So I'd like to celebrate some of these undersung characters a little bit first. All right. And that's episode 41. Love you. Find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram using the same name, Adam Tetris, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. Join me every Monday for Man-Thing Monday. <laughs> I got people celebrating Man-Thing Monday on Tuesdays right now. And I appreciate you. Send it to me. I got content until the cows come home. Those cows ain't never coming home. Wow. I got content eternal. Wow. So uh, that's what's up. That's what's popping. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all using the same drawing at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. I have a great time doing this show. What about you, Adam? Oh, I love this show. This is Wednesday, brown bag day. This is the day that I wait for every single week. And I wait a whole week. And I think it's been too long yeah. since I've sat down with you and done this. So I'm happy for every opportunity. All of them. So a couple of things to recap. One, we're on SoundCloud. Subscribe on Sound, follow us on SoundCloud. Leave your comments on SoundCloud so we mm-hmm. can see exactly what you think. If you're listening on SoundCloud, we are also on iTunes. Leave us five stars and a positive comment there. Please subscribe, rate, review, share this with somebody. We're also on Google Play and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. We're also going to be on YouTube very soon. Very with the, soon. With the episodes as well. So subscribe on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash comic book junto. Also, check out our merch for comic book junto at teepublic.com forward slash user forward slash comic book junto. You got seventy two. You got seventy two hours to get. I can't wait to see bucks. pictures of people in these shirts. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so 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 stoked about this. This is the greatest. This is the greatest. That logo, yo. Like honestly, it's good stuff. Whew. So that's what we got. All right. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That's it. I'm. I'm excited for Shin Godzilla. Oh, Luke Cage. We got some things we need oh, to figure out. Oh, wait a out. minute. Wait a minute. We got minute. some things we need wait to figure out. Wait a minute. Luke Cage. Wait. A minute. Luke Did we Cage. go the whole episode when I was talking about Luke Cage? Just, Luke Cage joins us in two days. So Octavius and I are going to take some time. And we're going to sort out the best way for us to approach and, and broadcast our feelings on the show. 
I am so excited about this show. I know you are, Ak, uh, and we want to take an opportunity and, and, and do respect to the show by d- being able to do a series of one shots or however we got to do this. Yeah, but we're gonna take some time. We'll, we'll promise we'll, we'll let you know what we're gonna do. We will communicate what we're going to do. And uh, yo, I'm looking forward to some extra episodes coming soon. Yeah. So I think one of the main things we can look at to begin with is the fact that um, they're doing a live tweet Mm -hmm. that I like to participate in. Mm -hmm. Um, So here's what's going on. Um, There are a couple like organizations or Twitter groups or whatever, how you want to call it online who are going to be live stream, like streaming together. Okay. Live tweeting together. Okay. So here's here's what it is. So it's um, black girl nerds and geeks of color are going to be basically watching four episodes back to back on three different days. So on Friday, they're going to start at eight o'clock and they're going to watch four episodes. Okay. Saturday, they're going to start at six o'clock and watch four episodes. Sunday, they're going to start at four o'clock and watch the rest of the episodes. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be using the hashtags, hashtag sweet Christmas. I love and that. And hashtag Luke Cage. I love so that. So if you want to join in, which I think is really a cool idea, yeah. so we can all like hit play at the same time and watch at the same time and tweet at the same time so we can all kind of have this collective moment like we're watching it together, yeah. even though we're all over the world. Yeah, of course. And of course, this is Eastern time just to keep... No, wait, hold on. This is Central Standard time. Oh, oh CST. Wait, no, no. Hold on. I'm wrong. Ah! So 8 p.m. Eastern time Ooh! on Friday... 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday. Um, Again, hashtag Sweet Christmas, hashtag Luke Cage. Get it together with that fiddle faddle and then join us for that live tweet. But even beyond the live tweet, that sounds like a blast. Even beyond that, I want to make sure Comic Book Junto is going to do some justice justice for that. And maybe we'll have some one shots. A a, a couple of them, we'll, we'll figure out the best means. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, I was thinking maybe it might even be a good look to couple those four together like they're watching them in f- chunks of four. Maybe we can review them in four. But what I've also heard people ask us to review each all each th- e- an episode for each episode. So We're going like to try something. That's a, it's a lot. That's a lot. There's a lot of content. So I don't know. We'll come up with the best answer. We promise we, we will see. communicate with y'all. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We love y'all. Until next time, peace. (laughs) 